Clear prep. Hey, hello everyone. This is Sean Simons. Welcome to PPG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast Behind the Scenes. You're going to listen to us for about 10 minutes before we go live. We have Linda here. We have Chris, JP, Brian Haybell, Waller. Woot, woot. We have Doug Martin, which is our guest tonight. And of course, never trust a skinny chef, Shane. So we're going to make sure that uh, everything is rolling great before we go live. If you do not want to hear all this stuff, just fast forward 10 minutes and you'll be at the beginning of the show. All right, guys, let's go ahead and make sure that we got things going. What episode are we on? Let's see. Good question. 36. org. Let's go there. Yeah, the last one was 35, so this is 36. Woo, woo. Unbelievable. 36. When was Doug on last year? We remember when Doug was on? Uh, I was down in the teens, probably. Let's see if I can... Scroll down and see where Doug is. And of course, if anyone's listening to this right now and wants to come here and lit and actually be here live, you just go to clearproptv.com.com. And let's see. I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning. The very first one was with uh, Skytap Paramotors with Andrew Fuller. Episode two is with Kyle O. That was a long time ago. Anthony Bella, uh, Vella was here on episode five. Oh, Jeff Gowen was episode 11. That was fun. PPG Gorilla was episode 13. Who? PPG Gorilla. I know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. Who's that guy? Tom <laughs> Kubat was episode 16. 17 was Doug Martin. All right. So yeah. Doug Martin was episode 17. If you want to go back to episode 17, I'm going to mark that in here too. So we can talk about that, that if you want to go back to episode 17, which was May 21st of 2020. Um, I would have guessed June, so that, uh, yeah. That's what I was thinking too, Doug, yeah. I was trying to do the math. I'm like, yeah. Well, yeah. my voice has improved some yeah. from the last time, but it'll be another six months before it's where I want it to be. But still, better than it was, so. There you go. You just keep going. Uh, and you sound much better too. Brian Waller was episode 21. What, what? Brian, you were episode 21. Awesome. <laughs> oh, that also reminds me too. Um, Chris, if you could do a little, you know, three sentence long um, uh, third person bio of yourself and text it to me. I'll put that on the show that way people with your uh, social media links that way people can see that Doug I think I think I still have yours Doug I think let me go back real quick to episode 17 see if I see you no I do not have anything let me double check I don't know if I have anything on no I don't have all of your uh, stuff I thought I did um, any little three line uh, third person bio of yourself, Doug, and all your social media links that you want posted. 
uh, just text it to me at your convenience and I'll put it in before we uh, upload this tomorrow um, to iTunes. Yeah. Good deal. I cannot believe that we're on episode 36. Let's go over to look at Anthony Vela's uh, Paramotor podcast. He's still on episode 30. We're beating Anthony. Woot, woot. <laughs> I, Dude, love I can't believe I've been on 15 episodes already. That's, that's crazy. I know. Um, yeah, because these are weekly, so that's 15 weeks. Yep. That, that's exactly how many weeks I went without flying, too, to the day. Uh, 15 <laughs> weeks between broken leg and, you know, my maiden flight at this fly-in. Yeah, that he didn't bother to uh, wait on us. He just took off behind our backs. Said, I see y'all in the air. <laughs> well, from what I heard, um, Brian was on the ground watching you fly around first. Yeah, I, I ease my way into it. I'll put it that way. That's good. Doug, how many how many flights have you gotten in so far since the, the accident? Probably, I'm right around maybe a dozen, ten-ish. That is awesome. Does it feel the same as before? Do you have any anxiety or does it just feel like you're free again? No, I'm relearning it a little bit. Um, part of it is relearning a new, Detroit added a new process for it. So that part actually made ground handling, launching, landing a lot easier because my brain was doing something else. Right. Flying, if it's really buttery, then yeah, I kind of slip back into the old thought process. When it gets a little bumpier, a little gnarly out, then I really want to be on the ground. And old Doug would have never done that. So I'm adapting a little bit. Um, so you're, you're just flying just 100% trike right now? Or? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, no, foot launch will probably be spring. I can probably launch fine. It'll be landing, that'll be a problem. The ankles and legs are good. But take a bad step, I go down, and I don't want to do that yet. Right, right, right. Especially I'm dying to hear your story, Doug. Oh, I'm sure I'm about to hear it. It's probably been told a few times, so I, uh, I'm more than happy to share. But, uh, yeah, hopefully I'm the only person that ever has to share that story. Wait, is this the – are you the, <coughs> the one that crashed into the lake? Yes. Yep. Oh, have, wait, hasn't he already been on the show? Yes. Yep. But now he's flying again. Okay. I called so, back. I said, you need to come back. Doug. Part two. That's what's up. I'm oh, we, can, we can, uh, we can, we're almost at seven o'clock. So how about we go a little bit earlier? That way Doug can uh, tell a story and we have more time on the air. Does that sound okay with everyone? Yeah. Yep. You're the boss. And, uh, and, Chris, and Chris, your last name is Meinberg, right? Meinberg, correct. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead and go live on YouTube. Give me a second. I don't know if anybody really enjoys these behind the scenes audio-wise, but if you do, please send me an email. At ppggrandpa at gmail.com. Let me know that you enjoy this little couple minutes behind the scenes or you would rather it not be here. Um, episode 36. Hey. Tommy's going to jump on.
Yeah, I jumped on. How's it going, guys? I'm getting dressed. You don't want to see this, so you're just going to have to look Take at the all. background for a minute. Put it back on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Running a little late. That's no problem. All right, Tommy, hold on one second. We're going to go live here in just a moment. Go ahead, brother. <clears throat> and then I'll introduce everyone. Preparing to live stream the meeting. I hope everybody has really good internet. Um, actually, I hope that I have really good internet. Done. <laughs> Redirecting to YouTube. So we should be live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to PPG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast, otherwise known as ClearProptv.com. We have a big crowd here today, so Yay. welcome. As always, we have Linda Anderson, our cheerleader. You got your cheerleader stuff? Where's your cheerleader stuff? There we go. Got the pom-poms. All right, so it's official. We have JP Tulo in the house. Hey, hey JP, um, are you by computer? Are you going to be our, our IT guy tonight? Uh, yes. I'm walking the dog at the moment. I'll be up at my station in a minute. All right, so JP will be at a station in just a moment. As always, we got Brian Haybell Waller in the house. Woot, woot. What's How's up? Going, guys? Brian, never trust a skinny chef Shane. We always call him Skinny Shane. What's up, Skinny Shane? Hello. Tommy Mosley's in the house. What's up, sir? Good to see you, my friend. Someone new that you've never seen before, Chris Meinberg. Welcome, Chris. He's going to be kicking back and relaxing and uh, being part of our uh, co-host panel. But the man of the hour, the guy that you came here to talk about and to see, Doug Martin's in the house. Now, um, if you remember, Doug um, had a crash and we interviewed him back on episode 17, back in May 21st of 2020. He had a little crash, but now he's getting well enough that he's flying. He's flown about uh, 12 flights uh, recently, and he's flying a trike. So just so everybody can understand what's going on here, uh, Doug, if you would, give us a little bit of background. What happened on uh, Valentine's Day that changed your life completely? Well, um, I guess it was actually for what the for the record, it was two hundred and thirty two days ago. Wow, not, not that I'm counting. Wow, um, but made some made a bad judgment out flying one evening. Was a little too bumpy out, flying way too low. I ended up hitting the lake, uh, real close to my home here. Relatively high rate of speed, uh, really a full dive on the paramotor. When I hit the lake, I really kind of thought I was going to hit the lake and bounce. That's the last thing I remember is hitting the lake. Uh, the ice was a lot thinner than I thought it was going to be. So I literally went under the ice for the doctor, say, four to eight minutes. Um, there's a gentleman who really is just the greatest guy ever. But... Uh, he heard me actually hit the lake. He said it was amazing how loud it was when the paramotor hit the ice. And uh, he came out, saw me, he held my head above the water until the first responder showed up. When they showed up, I'm not a very good patient. Apparently I was problematic in ER and ICU. Um, 
I ended up tearing out a bunch of tubing and stuff they put in, caused a bunch more problems. Therefore, my voice right now. Um, I ended up dislocating both shoulders. I shattered both heels. I broke my back. I broke my skull in two places. And then I was under the water long enough that I was actually became paralyzed. So for the first two and a half weeks of uh, rehab or of after surgery, the entire right-hand side of my body was completely paralyzed. It has slowly come back over the last seven, eight months. And uh, as of about a month ago, I started flying again, um, taking it really easy, going really slow at it, trying my best to absorb it rather than throw myself back into it. Um, I'm still having no more problems. I'm checked out of all my doctors and all that. However, it's going to be another six months before my ankles are, I guess, they're, uh, they're trip hazards right now. So there, as long as it's a dead straight runway, I'm fine. So I went to a trike, or I went to a retracted trike for my SkyMax. And uh, that has been a wonderful thing for me because it's added a whole bunch of security in launch and landing. So that made life a little bit easier. And I'm not taking a beating on my ankles or my back or my anything else. So all in all, I've been flying on good days, nice buttery days, slowly working my way back into it, trying to keep the pain to a minimum. So. We are extremely wow. happy that you are here with us and you are flying now. Yeah. Um, and we completely 100% appreciate you being on the show and sharing this. And of course, these things are, we, we talk about these because we want to make sure that newbie paramotor pilots that want to fly or just started and they hear things like this, they don't, you know, think that, man, this happens to everybody. And, you know, uh, people just fall out of the sky and get hurt all the time. Uh, it doesn't. It's very far and few, few between. Um, Doug, you said that you were flying lower than you should, but you did have a reserve, correct? All right. <clears throat> so I've, been paddled, I've had quite a bit of time to kind of analyze what actually happened to the process. And I think I have a lot of it kind of, I don't say figured out because then I'll do something else stupid. But I was flying too low or I was flying lower than I should have been for the conditions that I had. Where I was flying, I was flying over Maple Lake, maybe 100, 150 feet. And where I was going over, I went over the power plant dam. And there had been a big enough thermal coming off the power plant dam to cause the wing to collapse a little bit. I reacted very poorly as pilot in command. And instead of working the thing out, I didn't really have time. I really tried to climb. And at that point, really, I think pretty much all my brain function shut off. And it was find the lake because you're going to hit the lake and slide a little bit. I figured it'd be better than ground. Um, but it was the whole process of flying a little too bumpy. It got way colder than I thought it was going to get that night. I got whacked a couple times pretty good by a couple good gusts. I should have at that point just made my way back to my LZ and landed. Instead, I putted around where I normally do, lower than I should have, beyond what my reserve was capable of anyway. So even if I would have thrown a reserve, I would have hit the ground by the time I threw it anyway. So 
it's changed my thought process a lot for how I fly. Um, I had flown maybe 18 months and I had maybe 250-ish hours in 18 months. So I'd flown a lot. And still my intention is to fly as much as possible. However, my original thresholds were if it's more than 11, 12, gusting 17, I'll stay grounded. That's dropped quite a bit for now. Um, when it starts getting gusting 17 or gusting more than 70 mile an hour, more than what regular wind sustained is, it starts getting really weird over the trees and in some of the thermally or uh, some of the, the real problematic areas where we tend to get a lot of rotor. So that's a shitty way to learn a lesson. Um, still, it's a bad way to learn a lesson. Sorry. Um, well, you, you know, one of the things is after, because you were live streaming at the time, just in case you guys didn't know, he did a lot of live streaming and everyone loved to watch his videos. I mean, talked a lot and you saw really amazing sunrises and sunset. The, the scenery was gorgeous. And this actually happened live. So we actually, the, the people that watched the live stream Bye. saw him go down, hit the water and was, and, and was still uh, recording or not recording. It was still sending underwater until it stopped. Everyone really freaked out in the community. And thank God uh, people heard you, was able to go over there and get you out. Um, JP, do you have any video that we can show or you, you can't find it? I can't, I can't look that far back on his okay. uh, Facebook page. It won't let me go past June. So okay. if Doug has a copy of the video, he can link it or send it to me and I can post it up or um, it won't let me go back any further on his Facebook page. Yeah, I saw, I, I was watching the video that night and when he went down and that, you know, the camera stopped, I knew it wasn't good. I immediately just started messaging people, private messaging people, you know, that I knew that he went down and uh, Hey, quit. Do you have a copy of the video, Doug? I'm looking can... right now to see if I have it in this computer. Okay. I have a laptop. I don't know. Who to use. I don't know if I have Sorry. It. Um, the, the whole process of doing the live stream, that was a, that was a blessing in disguise as well. Um, one of my students was watching the live stream, two of my students, and one of my part-time instructors are watching the live stream. When I hit the ice, they are the first ones that actually called the sheriff. And then the state police got notified from there. They actually went out and met the uh, state police where my vehicle was and where I normally fly out of. So they were able to identify me because I was flying without ID. And uh, they were the first ones to actually report me as uh, having gone down. So the live stream was a blessing and a curse at the same time. It was, uh, that was the very first true live stream I ever did. And uh, not sure there's going to be another one. We'll see. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and I apologize. I'm scrolling through this. Let me go to, I'll stay in the background here, but I'll see if I can dig it up here a second. I'm searching right now for Doug Martin 
a paramotor crash. And the things that pop up are all these different news articles. Uh, one of them says, thrill seeker shares story of survival after crash. Um, do you consider yourself a thrill seeker or? You know, I don't consider myself a thrill seeker, but at the same time, I'm one of those guys that throughout life has done, has been lucky enough to do so many things. And uh, if you're one of the people that live a really sedate life, then yes, I probably have a relatively gnarly lifestyle. Otherwise, no, I don't think so. I'm not a thrill seeker. I just want to live life. I want to have fun. I want to exactly. feel something. And that's kind of what flying lets me do. That's what, so I actually was able to do my first mountain bike race since the incident last weekend. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Oh, fantastic. I, I did okay. I dropped a class. I uh, didn't follow my own plan at all. Blew myself apart, but still, I did it. And I've got more in me. So all that felt really good. Those are, I can't race motorcycles anymore or ATVs. I don't skydive anymore. So wait, maybe I am a thrill seeker. <laughs> maybe it sounds, still. It, it sounds like you're a thrill seeker. I think most people that uh, fly paramotors are thrill seekers, but it's more of a safe thrill seek. I mean, if you go up there and, um, you know, just fly around. It's it's beautiful. It, it's really great and it's very safe. Um, did they go through your wreck and find anything broken? Because one of the things that we thought was that one of your swing arm uh, J bars bolt broke, which caused a shift in the wing, which caused you to go into a spin. Doug, did they find anything um, that? Could have been oh, and I've been, I've been through all of it. All of yeah. the harnesses and everything are perfectly normal. Um, I do know, too, on this motor, because I've actually watched this happen before, if that's the way this frame is set up and the J-bars and everything else, if that strap actually breaks, it just causes the motor to drop a little bit on one side. It has a light steer to it. It isn't nearly as violent as what I had. But uh, the only thing I really found bad, bad with my frame, I'm pretty sure was caused by them pulling it out of the ice. And that was one of the J-bars that titanium was cracked on it. But it uh, really wouldn't have affected flight, I don't think. So, but that was really the only failure I found in the, the mechanical part of it. Interesting. Well, um, Doug is going to be looking for that along with JP uh, since um, they are looking for that. I guess we can chat with Chris real quick. Chris, um, welcome to the show. Thank you. For uh, having you're you're going to be a guest uh, next week. And while they're looking for the clip, whenever you get the clip, go ahead and put it up, guys. Um, let's go ahead and chat with Chris real quick. Chris, how long have you been flying uh, paramotors right now? Um, so I actually tried to self-train uh, about 12 years ago and had uh, an incident that scared me but didn't really hurt me. Um, but it kind of chased me out of it pretty quick. And uh, <clears throat> the entire time, I've never really stopped thinking about it. It's uh, it's kind of been like a lifelong dream for me. Um, earlier this year, I uh, decided to build my own frame. And uh, I've got about uh, well, I went to a fly-in this weekend and got about 10 flights. So I've got about 14 flights on my frame. 
Um, and uh, so I've got total of 22 or so flights ish. And uh, I've been flying for about a month, about a month or so, a month and a half. So you built your own frame. How'd you build it? Uh, originally, I started looking at pictures and I was basically going to clone something. Um, you know, somebody else already figured it out. Um, so I started looking at the flat top. Um, swing arms were kind of freaking me out a little bit because in my mind, I was thinking it was going to be kind of uneasy or un unsteady in flight. And I didn't really want that. So uh, I was going to go with the comfort bars. And then I started looking at pictures of, uh, of your SkyTap Angel. Um, so I started building that and I actually had it pretty close to done uh, when uh, Andy Fuller ended up contacting me and uh, I uh, had a, a lengthy conversation with him and he pretty much convinced me that swing arms are a better option for uh, maybe a, a not so strong frame. Um, so I ended up cutting off my comfort bars and uh, bought some Minari swing arms and bolted those to it and uh, it flies pretty good. Um, it's got a uh, Moster 185 on it. So, what what kind of engineering background do you have to build something like this, or did you just build um, it? I've been building and flying radio-controlled airplanes since I was about 11. I have a, a pretty solid understanding of aerodynamics and, and how these things work. Um, but uh, I don't really have any formal education in it. I'm just uh, kind of a handy person, so I guess. So you, so you um, self-trained and I did not self-train. Oh, you no. did not? No. No, Back I'm actually, I'm a resurgence alumni. Okay. Uh, I trained through uh, Jeff Fletcher uh, of Lone Star Paramotor, um, who is actually now starting his own, which is Desert Aviators out of uh, Santan, Arizona. Um, but yeah, 100% trained with him. I was planning to self-train. Um, I'm on a pretty, pretty limited budget and I uh, kind of ran out of money after I finished uh, building the frame and buying the engine and the wing. And, uh, that's when Resurgence kind of stepped in and, and came through and uh, they sponsored me for training. So That's really awesome. It's going to be a really awesome uh, uh, interview with you next week for sure. So you guys make sure that you come back and uh, watch next week's. Doug, JP, you got that uh, pulled up? If not, we can continue on and uh, keep on chatting. Ah, we got it up, okay. So if you guys are listening, go to clearproptv.com so you can see what's actually going on here. All right, Doug, if you can see this, can you uh, tell us what's going on here? I'm not really positive this is actually the one. It, it is. It is. Okay. Yeah. Then, uh, um, well, I see my comments on there too. 33. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, really, the first whatever 30 minutes of my flight, whatever, are pretty typical, pretty normal. What it would be for any other time to thank God I had my paramotor over the winter. Because there was no snow, no winter this year anyway. So every opportunity I got, I went out and flew. And uh, this got me through the winter last winter. We'll see how it goes this winter. But. 
if if I recall correctly, the video before this, you were mentioning something about um, you found a hole in your wing and you patched it up. Um, there wasn't a hole in my wing. The, before this, what I had done was the the APCO wing that I was flying. The tip steering was nice, but man, it was a pain in the ass. So I ended up deleting the tip steer on the wing, and that was the last modification I made to it before this. Gotcha. All right, here we go. I think this is the faithful time. Watching a beautiful sunset. Can you hear the sound? I don't hear it right now, no. Mm. Basically, he's saying, whoa, that felt weird. Whoa, that felt weird. Yikes, that was scary. He says, yikes, that's scary. And then right here, he says, glad that's over with. He says, glad that's over with, and then this happened. I still don't understand how you could make such a huge spin straight down into the ice like that. It, it, I, I don't understand what the wing could have done. I wish that you had a 360 camera. Yeah, well, I do have one. I wasn't using it at that point, unfortunately. Um, I, I do see this video now. I know. Hmm. You're a miracle um, to be alive, man. Absolutely. Yeah, every, yeah, I really should that period. Um, I shouldn't have survived under the ice that long. I shouldn't have survived the impact in the first place. Realistically, yeah, uh, it was a really, really terrible event that every single event afterwards worked fantastic. And if it wouldn't have been for every one of those events, I wouldn't be here. So. That is crazy. I don't, I don't understand how you go from everything's fine to everything's wrong. Okay, there are a couple things that I've also learned doing some research. And one of the things I've actually, well, I was gonna do anyway is a couple of SIV courses. And the, the SIV classes will not let me fly that wing in any of the SIV stuff because apparently the, the APCO wing that I was flying, no matter what, I guess if the tip folds on it, you have to open it. It will not open by itself. So they had said that if I'm going to I have to use a different wing or I have to use one of theirs because they wouldn't allow an APCO wing to be used for that reason. Whether that contributed to it or not, I'm not sure. Again, really, it was so fast that once I realized it was diving, I went full throttle expecting it to climb, and it didn't. It just kept going straight down. So that's where I shut it down and hit. But now you were, like you said, you were an advanced pilot. You were, you had like two or three hundred hours under your belt. So did you start off with an A or B wing and go up to this? Uh, you know, what, what, what wing was that? Was it a B or C or what was it? Um, so over the last couple of years, I started out with gear that I shouldn't have bought, like so many people have. Um, that wing, I still have my Action GT. I love that wing. It's so outdated, I don't fly it. I had a Velocity Edge. I flew it for a while. Um, I had a Gin Falcon. I loved that. This is a uh, – the one that I crashed was an APCO Lift – easy it's a a b wing so it's really simple for the most part it was pretty forgiving 
Um, it's really considered a beginner wing because it really does launch and land so easy. I was flying myself at about 100% of its total capacity all the time. So I was flying a small at 220 pounds. It was always fast no matter what. But man, it launched easy. It flew nice. Apparently, it just has a couple of weird quirks, though. So I don't really know. I really don't know if the tip fold had anything to do with any of this. But uh, since it's that wing specifically, they won't let me use. I have to think there's some sort of connection. Well, it's just not just that one. So I've I've said this a couple of different times through this course of the show. Um, <clears throat> over a long period of time, APCO has been called for lack of a better term, they've, they've been considered a trash bag. And there's the what? that I've been to. You cut out there. <clears throat> I said that APCO's been referred to as a trash bag. Trash bag. So they, they, they have poor characteristics. And so the SIVs that I've been to were just like you were saying. They either tailored the SIV specifically to the fact you have an APCO wing or they asked people to use a different wing they have characteristics and not all of them because they're not all the same but they do and have been known to have characteristics of lack of recovery or a very long period of recovery so that's just a general thing for siv so it's not specific to your wing doug it's just specific to apco in general and, and i understand and I have heard that from many, many people that I really respect and have faith in. So I have to believe that's got to be part of it. But uh, yeah, I really couldn't say for sure one way or the other. So. You still have that Falcon, Doug? No. Um, actually, yes, kind of. My, my son-in-law desperately wants to learn how to fly. So... I loaned him one of my spare frames that doesn't have a motor on it and that wing assembly. And he took it to Virginia to practice more kiting and stuff. And then literally two weeks later, I went and did this. So he literally has all my gear in Virginia and uh, it's fine. He's really not sure where he wants to go with it, but uh, still there. It's just that it stays away. So Yeah, right on. I don't know about taking a falcon up as a, a wing you know he's using something for kiting purposes just for kiting that's cool yeah. no but it's the you know that one <laughs> the uh the action gt i just use for kiting right on cool mitch briggs is in the chat and he said that he was watching your live stream on valentine's day and it freaked him out so I think a lot of people are watching your live stream uh, on Valentine's Day. Well, man, it sounds like we got a lot of lonely people out there. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's out with their girlfriends. They're watching uh, Doug's live stream. Well, the funny part of all that is uh, before the video, I had made a comment, something to, well, we were headed to raise Mountain Bike Park the next day. And I'm like, all I need to make Valentine's Day for me is someone come over, give me a uh, Hershey's kiss, kick me in the balls. I'll give you a hundred bucks, send you in your way. It's like any other Valentine's Day. <laughs> so I came back from, from uh, Mary Freebed and all that. There's a giant Hershey's kiss on my front doorstep. <laughs> it dragged me up to no end. 
Apparently, um, somebody took it to heart. That's cool. Anybody on the panel have any questions for Doug? How are you still breathing? Yeah, I'm, I've got a lot, I think. Just not sure where to start. Man, you're, you're a miracle to be here. I saw your story when I was training at Aviator last November. And I just now put two and two together when they were showing your video. Hmm. Hearing stories like yours makes me think my problems are very small. And uh, I'm happy for you, man. I'm glad you got back in the air. And I can't wait to see you foot launch again, brother. Um, I will. I'll be foot launching by spring. Realistically, it's it's the overcoming of everything has been such a pain in the ass. So nothing is fast enough. Everything needs to recover so much faster, and it's not. It's driving me crazy. But every doctor has made this thing where they go, we can't believe you're going to make 100% recovery. I'm like, that's fantastic. I've never been 100% in my life. <laughs> so apparently I'm in better shape now than I was before, um, all being said. And I want to give a monumental thank you to the entire paramotor community. Um, like you said, a lot of people apparently watched me hit the ground. Um, JP set up a GoFundMe for me. Um, I really thought it was unnecessary. It was really nice. It went way over what it was supposed to have gone to. It was one of those, man, I really don't deserve that kind of thing. I finally got all my insurance worked out. Everything's taken care of. I used almost every dollar of that GoFundMe to finish paying off the stuff that insurance wouldn't pay. So literally, I think I'm out of the, I'm out of it completely. And I think it's really at the paramotor community that I was able to do that. Uh, so thank, thank you, JP. Yeah, definitely. What? Um, what? No, no, no. What? Did I hear the where he said that you started no, a... No, no, sorry, that's right, not that. JP, the JP I fly with, JP Nunbiz. Oh, okay. okay. More than happy to take credit for someone else's good deed, but unfortunately, <laughs> that one was not me. He's not. <laughs> do that. He has nothing to say about it. Um, no, uh, I'm, I'm lucky enough that locally, I have four or five guys that I fly with quite a bit. Um, and uh, two of them that I fly with a lot were really involved with trying to get the paramotor community together for it. So... So JP and Cody Rod. So that's amazing. That's one of the things that I realized. Uh, I was in the Marine Corps back when I was uh, younger, and Marine Corps is like you know your your brothers and sisters and brothers and sisters for life. You got a Marine Corps sticker on the back of your car. You have a flat tire. You're gonna have two or three, you know, Marines pulling over. You know, retired vets or or even active duty to help you out. The same thing I've noticed with uh, this community. And this is the only other community other than the Marine Corps that I've ever found this type of brotherhood is, um, you know, having a paramotor sticker on your car and you got a flat tire. You've got people that pull over and help you out. Say, hey, uh, you fly paramotors, I see. Um, I got a friend that does it. Let me help you out. It, it is really amazing how tight knit this community is. You all agree? Absolutely. Even us soldiers will bring you some crayons once in a while, too. <laughs> Marines eat crowns. It's a it's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I just heard about that the other day. <laughs> so, JP, I'm doing my screenshot now. JP was commenting. Are right, you guys ready? JP is right. commenting on my Jeez. screenshot. He said, I need help. <laughs> okay, Linda. Linda, I'm going to show you a secret, okay? Press com. com are you Linda, 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 Linda. Are you listening? Yeah. Linda. Linda. Okay, look at your keyboard. Press command. Hold down command, shift, and then press three while you're holding down command and shift, okay? Are you on an apple? You gotta put the camera on first, right? Not on your, no, not on your phone. Oh, on here. <laughs> on your keyboard for your computer. I don't know. Okay, I'm not. I thought you were going to tear up the troll delete. <laughs> that too. <laughs> you see the power button? Hold the power button. This is, this on your computer. No, don't, don't, don't do, don't do that. No, I'm. I don't think you're right now because I'm. What is? Let me, is, let me tell you, do you see your computer screen? I have, what I have done is I have locked a sys key on your computer. If you want your computer back, you'll have to pay me $500 in Google Play Cards. Google Play Cards. Take a check. <laughs> so what is, what is Command Shift 3 supposed if to you, do? If you press Command Shift 3 on an Apple or a Mac, it'll, it'll take a screenshot. So it's going to be a much higher quality picture. And her taking a picture me. of her screen. If you do it on a Microsoft, it'll self-destruct. No, I'm, well, I'm, on, you... I'm on a Mac, and all it does, it doesn't do that. Yeah, Not control, it. it's command. The command flower shift. button. Oh, command and shift. Three. I didn't even know there was there a command. command shift three. I'm, do you okay, hear the shutter? I, yeah, I, I hit F three instead. <laughs> ah. uh, too many crayons. He <laughs> ate too many crayons. Um, and it should save it right to your desktop. So Linda, if you press Command Shift three, it'll be a better picture than you taking a picture of your picture of your screen. Let me go ahead. So do you do you follow that? Command Shift on my laptop. Command on your laptop. Right, everybody on the keyboard. say everybody say cheese. I'm going to do it real quick. Cheese. Okay. I just took a picture. <laughs> okay, good. I hope um, I got Kevin. I didn't know he was going to turn around real quick. I can okay, do it again. Leave that alone right now because we have a show to do. Okay, one one more time. Let's see. Command Shift three. Ready? Three, two, one. Cheeseburgers. Oops. Hold on. Three, two, one. Cheese. It's going clunk, clunk, clunk. What am I doing wrong? Oh well. I did something. You gotta be smooth again? on the clutch. You can't just started? Off the clutch, okay? We just spent five minutes on how to take a screenshot, guys. Hey, and that was really cool because uh, I did it. <laughs> that, that is a worthwhile piece of information to know for everybody out not there listening at home and you want to get a quick screenshot on your Apple computer, now you know how. Right. Every time that JP picks his nose, take a screenshot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a real quick uh, whole bunch of pictures. You take <laughs> a screenshot right from the computer, not from the phone. Right. Um, right so I'll I'll Did send you figure it out yet? I did. That was pretty cool. I, I did not know. I don't that. even know where the command thing is. So we're all live. It's the button that looks like a flower. It looks like a little uh, a four, she have a four Mac? petal flower. Does she have a Mac? I thought she did. What kind what of computer you do you have, Linda? Uh, an old one. It's a window. It's a window. What's it say on it? Seven. Windows? Oh, never mind. Um, yeah. All right. 
doing something and it'll go down. Yeah. At least Sean got something out of it. Good job, JP. <laughs> yep, um, that's what I'm here for. Doug, Doug I hope you're learning something on, on your podcast here. He'll be absorbing everything. I know. He, he's like, we're, 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 we now need to get a sponsorship by Apple. Thanks, JP. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put a GoFundMe for my for a new computer. <laughs> there you go. You know what version of Windows you're on, Linda? Yeah. All right, so here we go, real quick. I got a question for the the uh, guest. Yes, right. Thank you. All right. So, uh, what was the hardest part of therapy? Because at some point, I mean, you had to learn to walk again, right? So. From the very start of everything, I had to learn how to swallow again, how to breathe correctly again. Um, the One of the most gratifying moments of all of this was being able to wipe my own ass. Um, I know just the, the first month was brutal. So a lot of just the ability to not move, to be, have to do things like be... Uh, be transported on shuttles to showers and that kind of thing. Um, the hardest part for me was, wow, I'm not really sure that was the hardest part. Every part has sucked. Um, but the, the beginning parts of me wanting to be able to do a lot of things I couldn't yet was very hard uh, emotionally to deal with. The dislocated shoulders, and uh, not being able to move them was horrid for a while. Um, finally getting all that back, getting some of that range back has been, been wonderful. The whole, I've broken lots of bones and stuff like that throughout life. I've had lots of surgeries. I've never had to wait a year, a year and a half to recover from something. It's always been six, seven, eight, nine weeks. So the whole process of, Holy crap! I'm six weeks or six months into it, and I'm only halfway there. Has been really hard to sort of absorb. Everything needs to go faster. Um, so that, and I'm really kind of the voice is getting better. Uh, being a college professor and having a voice that sucks is kind of a pain in the ass. Um, so that's been also been a big struggle to overcome. And I've had to adapt a little bit in the classroom and things like that too. But what does say? Doug is the coolest guy in the world. Scroll up, um, JP. Doug is the coolest guy he knows. <laughs> that's know a lot of people. That's well, hilarious. <laughs> that's a cool wallpaper picture you have there, Doug. Where's that at? That's Oshkosh. Oh, so that's Oshkosh, Oshkosh. 2019. So. Um, that nice. is, is that the ultralight strip? Yeah, that's the ultralight strip. I've been going to Oshkosh for probably the last 15, 16 years. Always wow. wanted to fly. That was the first year I felt comfortable enough to actually launch, land, do everything. It was so much fun. It was just the greatest week ever. And I've, uh, I get to do a lot of events and that sort of thing. Oshkosh wins every year for being the best group and gathering of people ever. Everyone's nice, everyone's happy, everyone's glad to be there. I mean, it is the cleanest place, the nicest place. Just, I love 
Can't can't tell. I love Oshkosh. They would not be here this year. It was so bad. Um, but yeah, so the all had a whole series of them from that guy. Yeah, it's always been a toss-up for me between Oshkosh and Sun and Fun. They're both killer flyings. I love Sun and Fun, but working at the college, I don't get time off except for during the summer period. So right. it's really hard to get down there. It's on my as soon as I retire every year. So, but. So when you were recovering, did you just get like super awesome at that text to speech? No, actually, one of the problems I had is. First off, the, the right-hand side of the body being paralyzed and the left-hand side not being, it really caused a lot of communication errors between all the digits. So being able to still use my phone and type that damn keyboard was almost impossible for the first two months. Just couldn't do it. In fact, this hand wouldn't turn far enough for me to hold my phone at the right angle to do it. So I did a lot, same thing with the keyboard. Typing on the keyboard was just so frustrating where now it's pretty much simple um overcoming a lot of that kind of stuff the frustration involved is pretty huge i imagine so do you do you have plans to continue to foot launch do you have plans to trike um what what does the future look like for you so i originally my original SkyMax that I crashed. I completely rebuilt it while I was down, figured I might as well. Um, put it all back together. I flew that wow. unit a little bit. Um, I have since bought a new frame set for it. And I put that on a retracted trike. And I really am digging the retracted trike right now. It, uh, it's a really happy medium between full launch and regular full on trike. Mm -hmm. um, my intention is to go back to foot launch. Foot launch just offers availability. Trike doesn't. Um, sure. Um, trike is wonderful that it's a lot less effort. It's less mechanical strain on your body. Um, that's wonderful, but it's twice as far to take off. It's not nearly as versatile to launch and land. If I have an engine out, it becomes a much bigger deal where I have to land because of an engine out kind of thing. Right. So I'm really looking forward to getting back to foot launch. Um, I intend to really do both. And sure. my original intention was to pick up trike, get good enough at it, eventually someday down the road, way down the road, pick up a tandem exemption, pick up a tandem PPG, and be able to give discovery flights and stuff like that. Oh, right awesome. now, all I want to do is get myself back in the air comfortably. And uh, we had kind of mentioned a little bit about the thrill seeker thing. For me, flying is a whole lot more of everything mellows out, everything becomes okay. It's not gnarly exciting. It's reassuring, it's calming, it's soothing. And that's really what I love about power paragliding is the ability to be doing one thing, focus on one thing, not have to worry about everybody else be able to do what you want to do, not have it stress you out, not have all that anxiety and everything that goes along with a lot of that thrill seeker stuff. So paramotor is a little bit different for me than some of the other stuff. I did not know that you actually rebuilt your machine. Uh, just curious, what did you have to do to fix it up to make it airworthy again? So the original SkyMax Jazz, 
the original problem is the tow company pulled it out of the lake. And when they did, obviously it's full of water. They just threw it on their shop side and left the engine full of water. So when I got the unit back, I pulled the motor out of it. Um, about 250 hours in the bottom end of that engine. So I completely gutted it, went through the, the crank, the bearings, the entire bottom end's been done. Went through the top end of it. The frame on the SkyMax held fine. I had to straighten one little piece. I broke two spars. All the hoop sections were okay. However, I did replace one to a kink in it I didn't like. The prop went bad and it burst the fuel tank. Um, so really, mechanically, I fixed a little bit of the basic frame, a couple spars, put a, another spar on it, and then rebuilt the entire engine on it. That really is amazing how it took that beating, and it really didn't seem like, if they would have took it out and drained the water and fixed that, that motor up right away, that probably would have saved a bunch of money and a bunch of time but uh, considering that it was underwater and it was just on their floor for such a long time, that doesn't seem like it was a very difficult rebuild. Oh no, I got pretty lucky. In June, I was put it all back together. I kind of had a timeline for all this. July was supposed to be some of my first flights. I got the entire unit back together at the end of June, got it running. It ran like crap. I couldn't figure it out for a while. Apparently, it sat outside of their shop long enough, water got in the carburetor, actually cracked the casing inside oh. the carb itself. So that was the only real freeze damage I found. Everything internally in the engine survived. Oh. Uh, it had to come apart from the seals and everything else back in it. But. That is, so remarkable what it survived. That is remarkable. Good old, good old two-stroke engines. Um, for all the people that are out there listening, to this. Now you said that it was pilot error. Um, uh, I've watched that video a bunch of times. I think that you did everything that you could to, uh, to correct it, but to talk to like the newbies out there that are listening to the show or watching the show, um, what would you tell them to, uh, what advice would you give them to make sure that something like this didn't happen? Um, maybe more altitude um, to build a thorough reserve or what would you what would you say? Um, the biggest detriment in this sport is compliance. And that's kind of where I was for this flight. I was way too comfortable with where I was. I was really familiar with the area. I was flying lower than I should have. I was using bad judgment. When I say it was my fault, I was piloting command. So no matter what, I was flying, I'm the one that hit the ground, it's my fault, period. Um, I made the decision to go up, I made the decision to fly in that air, it was my decision, period. So because of that, I made some, made some changes. So when I fly now, if it is a dead flat, even smooth area, the wind is buttery calm, I can do some low flying and that kind of stuff. I'm really observant, much more so um, than before as to what's below me, what's possible for throwing weird winds, things like that. I have lowered my normal flying to six gusting, 12, 13. That's gonna be about my limit for quite a while. 
I've uh, picked up a new reserve. Uh, I still have my old one. But my new reserve is a rapid deploy. I should remember the name of it, sorry. And it's independence. Uh, it's a uh, Russian company. Um, the steerable square body reserve, but it's a rapid deploy. So I went from a, <clears throat> a round, round style single reserve to something at least movable steerable. I'd be a little more comfortable with that also. It's also a large. So if I put on some extra fatness, it's still good for me. Um, I can still fly it safely. But having a reserve, flying high enough to be able to use that reserve, no matter what, always good tip no matter what. Um, I'm intentionally trying to fly with enough altitude that a reserve is at least usable. If I am anywhere that has any kind of question whatsoever, if there are a lot of trees, rotor, what have you, um, I tend to carry a lot more altitude now. Um, it's, I missed all the really good warm summer flying figures. So now that I'm flying, it's cold, it's crap. So I'd really like to do a bunch of eight, nine, ten thousand feet foot flights, but I just don't have the uh, thickness in my skin yet to do it. I'm a lot more comfortable with altitude than I am with low flying right now. What, what, what wing were you flying? What is your altitude that you? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Brian. I'm just, I know you went over this with the last time you interviewed him, but I didn't know. What wing were you flying when the accident okay. happened? It was an APCO Lift EZ, small. Um, I was at 100% or 105% capacity for it. And what's this rating? I believe it's an AB. So it's considered a beginner wing. Okay. With it being so loaded like that, uh, maybe maybe Kevin can fly, can help us out. But um, if you are flying a wing and you are at 100 or 100 plus percent of the maximum wing, uh, what do you think is, um, uh, if it does collapse on a side, it's hard for it to, to open back up or what, what's the, what's the problem with uh, being over hundred percent on that wing? Well, Kevin? When you're, when you're overloaded, any collapse is going to become drastically more dynamic. So if it, we can't see in the video, which I really wish we could, cause it would tell us a whole lot more of the story, but I speculate that you took an asymmetric collapse. Potentially it started as a small tip collapse and then cascaded, but what it looks like is it started to spin you in and the the hard part with a paramotor is you with some machines you don't have as much weight shift as is necessary to overcome the spiral when you're in a free flight harness as you know sean and shane from doing your siv courses you have enough weight shift in the free flight harness that you can actually turn against the deflation you can make a left when the right side of your wing is collapsed in a paramotor, you don't have the weight shift authority to be able to do that. So what happens is when you get into that spiral, it basically becomes pilot necessity to make the correction. So you'll have to counter with opposite brake, counter with opposite weight shift, and then pump out the deflation. What we see here in Doug's video is real time. And you can see he's roughly, we'll call it three to 500 feet. And in that three to 500 feet space, he didn't have the ability. And even he said himself, he added throttle, 
he made pilot corrections to try to get the wing to come back to get back to straight and level flight. And the inputs that he gave were not adequate. I don't want to use the wrong words here. They, they weren't in, they were incorrect. Whatever, whatever it was, whatever the stars aligned that day <clears throat> to make that wing not want to come back. But the, the big moral of the question is when you become higher loaded, your deflations become much more dramatic and you build up a lot more energy and it takes a lot more pilot induced correction. So altitude is your friend. And then <clears throat> altitude is my friend. I also know from experience on some of these, if I'm only flying at 65 or 70% of my glider, it's, it's ability to actually fold a little bit becomes easier. It does pop open easier. So when I'm, when I'm flying under a wing that I'm too lightly loaded for, I don't have the stability under that wing that I normally do under something that I'm 100% or 90, 95%. So I feel like I'm getting beat up more when I'm on a wing that I'm not loaded on. So that's one of the reasons why I always tend to go towards the 95, 100% mark. So, like so, so you basically bounce a little bit more when you're on a wing <laughs> lightly. <laughs> Buying a new wing, and it depends on the manufacturer, but the sweet spot for a wing is generally between 70 and 90% of the weight range. You always, or I should say always for the sake of safety, but you should always have a couple of pounds of buffer room. Um, if it's winter, you might gear up and have snow pants and a snow jacket. Um, you know, you maybe one day you'll take a little more fuel. Maybe you want to go pair camping and take some camping stuff with you. So it's, it's always best to have just that little bit of wiggle room at the top of your wing. And then if you are seated right in that about 80% mark, if you were to hypothetically lose some body weight, say you went to the gym and you dropped 15 pounds, you would still be, you just move down to the 70% instead of the 80%, you would still remain in the range. And if you remember when they certify wings, they do it specifically in the weight range. So they'll take the wing and if it says 70 to say 110, and that's the paramotor range for flying a wing, that means they've taken a pilot at 70 kilograms weight and they've taken a pilot at 110 kilograms weight on the same wing for perspective. And they've done the same collapse testing to figure out that if you're less than 70 kilograms, the wing isn't loaded enough to fly correctly. And if you're over 110, you're overloaded for the wing to react correctly. And that's the reason they give you that window. It's not because 16 meters won't lift 250 pounds. It's because at 16 meters, you're way out there and you've moved so far out of the weight range that you're now a test pilot. You're no longer a certifi certified range. You're a certified test pilot. And every single flight you take is a test flight because we can never tell what the air is. So if you're getting your wing and you're at that 70 to 80% or 80 to 90%, right in that little area, that's where the manufacturer specifically recommends you fly it because that's where they've tested it and that's where they've certified its safety. And that's what it comes so back to. That's where the wing is safe. Hand up question. Yes. Uh, well, so 
is it a myth overloading a glider makes it safer because there's more structure to it? It's stiffer. It doesn't take collapses as easy. Again, that depends on the wing and the profile. So some manufacturers like ozone, for example, ozone as, as a profile, they like to be at the upper end of the range. So if you're at the 85 to 105, even just slightly over, then you're going to find the best pressure, the best performance, the best responses are going to come out of the wing at the higher end. Now, if you say move to something like a BGD, a BGD really performs best at about 80 to 85%. So every manufacturer has its own little window of perfection, if you want to call it that. And that doesn't mean that a 25 meter APCO is going to have the same sweet spot as say a 25 meter ozone. Just like a Ford and a Chevy, they both have their own perfect little RPM range and gear range. And if you find it and harmonize with it, then you love your truck. And if you never can find that harmony, then you never love your truck. It's the same principle with the wing. So when you find that lovely little sweet spot and then you, re you can remain within it, you can go from glider to glider to glider as long as you have a real good understanding of where that range is for what type of wing it is. And a lot of guys will demo, and this is where they talk about how you demo a wing. You get one wing, hypothetically, like we'll call it an ozone spider. And then you'll get a 22 meter, a 24 meter, and a 26 meter. Because you're technically in the weight range for all three of them. You fly all three and you figure out, out of those three sizes, which one feels the best for you. And this is that hard part for me as an instructor when I watch a lot of people want to go from a 24 meter wing, they watch Tucker videos, they watch Anthony Vela, they watch, you know, all the, the guys that are doing the cool stuff and they immediately want to just cut their wing in half. And they want to go from a 24 meter B wing to a 17 meter slalom wing. And they don't understand the concept of the risk they're putting themselves at when they haven't made those adjustment steps to be able to have those lightning reactions where you don't think about what hand has to pull to make a correction. If you have to think about it, you're already behind the glider and you're already getting yourself in trouble. So it's best to be in the range. Sounds really good. Um, it's coming up on eight o'clock and I know that Doug says that he can't go too much further than eight o'clock right now. So we'll go ahead and wrap up uh, this episode real quick with Doug. Does anybody else have any questions for Doug before he needs to uh, to leave? How can we see your video when you foot launch again? What's your channel? Um, usually most all the stuff I just throw up on Facebook and that kind of thing. Um, the original V man is my, is my, uh, YouTube channel, um, or Doug Martin, but, uh, I haven't really uploaded a whole lot. I'll be honest. I haven't uploaded a lot of videos, period. I have a lot of family that tends to watch a lot of my social media stuff. Right. I hear the be safe, be safe. So I haven't really thrown a lot up yet. Um, at the same time, I do intend to go back. No matter what, everyone knows that flying is so awesome. You just want to share it. So I have to go back to some video work. I just feel it's necessary. So uh, 
no matter what, it'll show up as I continue to advance. Well, from my perspective, I would say a lot of people would really like to see your foot launch video. Um, that'd be, it'd be pulling for you, man. I know I will. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. The launch will be fine. It'll be the landing I have to pull off. So um, <laughs> I can launch right now is the landing I know is not going to pull off. And you said that you're going to be doing the uh, foot launch probably next summer sometime, and maybe we'll be at a, at a fly-in, or you think you're just going to launch someplace locally or what? I'll probably take a couple of guys that I normally fly with, make it a nice, comfortable environment, just step out and make it a day and be done with it. Um, we'll see. For me, realistically, I'm shooting for May-ish. So I intend to go back to full launch around my birthday, so middle of May. And then hopefully next summer, I can continue with the full launch and then throw a trike in here and there just for fun. Well, you know that when you do your first foot launch you're going to have to stream live and we'll do a live uh, uh, clear prop tv uh, podcast with you um, no pressure no pressure at all how about i just record it and i'll give you the video <laughs> live cast. i'm just not up for the live stream yet. <laughs> doug it's it was a pleasure having you on here again we thank you so much guys if you want to go back and listen to the first uh, time that he was on here is episode 17, so you can go ahead and go back and and check that out. That was May 21st of this year, 2020. Um, so thank you very much. We are going to continue on with our after party. The link is in the chat, so just click that link and jump on, and we'll continue to talk paramotors. Uh, Doug, I think you got to go, so thank you very much, sir. I appreciate you. Thank you. Appreciate all you guys. I'm gonna. I'm going to leave you on in the background while you take care of my buddies so I can hear you out. But I appreciate you all. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you. You're always welcome. You know what's going to happen, though, is Doug's going to get back to the point where he's foot launching, and then he's going to realize that all that running crap is for the young kids, and he's just going to strap that trike back on and start wheeling around like a boss. You know, There is something beautiful about being able to put on all kinds of warm clothing and go sit down and then go drive over to the launching, throwing yeah. up, take off. If I miss a launch, big deal. I'm not sweating. I didn't realize that little bonus. So I can load up with all my gear, take off. It's so easy. So where'd you, where'd you, learn, to, where'd you learn to do the trike uh, real quick? Um, so I learned a little bit from a buddy. I learned- <laughs> Uh, Kevin Kemble in Indiana, I bought the trike from. He gave me some instruction on it. I spent probably about four days just doing taxi work, kiting with the with the motor and all that. Um, got really good at ground handling with the wing. Then went and did my flights on my own. And now I'm my first flight was on my own. It was a little on the on the nerve wracking side. So all my other flights so far have been with my buddies. And that really adds a lot of comfort to it, too. So I'm at the point now where I have no problem going down the road and flying by myself. But awesome. Well, Thursday, thanks again. Hopefully Thursday. Doug. Thanks, thanks again, Doug. We definitely appreciate it. And you can come on anytime. Uh, you, you're on our private chat. Just look for the link anytime that you want to jump on any Monday. Thank you. I appreciate that. Usually I'm teaching till 9 or so on Monday night. But tonight's I'm up early. I look for you guys. Awesome. Good deal. And thanks again, Doug. We appreciate it. Thank you.
What an awesome, awesome podcast. I know. It's so nice to hear something that, you know, when, when tragedy like this happens, that somebody can bounce back and uh, fly again. Because once you start flying and you're not able to again, it, it's, it's the worst feeling ever. Um, Brian, um, he, he went through the same thing. He uh, broke his ankle, Brian Haybell Waller. And uh, <laughs> he, was, he was out for a while and it sucked. It sucked not being able to fly and you just can't wait to heal up. So let's see your foot again. We forgot to see your foot, Brian. Uh-oh. All right. Every podcast since we saw him back in... You wow. see it? Oh, it's so pretty. Nice. Yeah, I'm wearing a slip. It's a little swollen. I got a Band-Aid on there where Shane removed uh, the stitches from me. <gasps> Two stitches he removed last Wednesday. What? Um, That's while we were camping. Are you guys? Are you guys still at the flight? If you got it flying? No. No, but I'm close. So, did you guys? Did you guys witness? Did you guys witness uh, Nick's solo flight? <clears throat> yes. Nick so Griffin. What, yeah. So, what did you guys? What did you guys think of that? I got to see his video. He messaged me right afterwards. So. Yeah, I saw the video. I didn't see it. Um, I saw the video. Yeah, I saw I saw it in person, and as soon as we're done recording, I'll give you my opinion. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, he said he said that 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 Brian was really nice and a super humble guy. He said Shane not so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally okay with that. I'm okay. With that. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. <laughs> no, no. Um. Unfortunately, I think he, he needs to go to a real teacher and not be um, convinced that the person that is telling him everything's good, because if it wasn't for ground elevation dropping off when he sat in his seat way too damn early, <coughs> he'd be buying a new prop right about now. Yeah, I noticed that. Well, you you know, he had a leg injury as well, and he just had a ton of metal removed <clears throat> from his leg after mm -hmm. a year. So, um, the other question I asked was, is the cage hitting you in the back of the leg? Because two different times I watched him take off or try to take off, and it looked like the cage hit him in the back of the leg, and it caused him to uh, stumble. Is there a video of this? Because I have no clue what you guys are talking about. Yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you in a few minutes, Tommy. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. I'm, I'm long, trying to picture long, what's going on here. Long well, story okay. short. So here's, here's, story a, here's a little summary real fast. Sorry, Shane. Let me butt in real quick. <laughs> I promise. This sounds like it's going to be good. Nick is a very little guy. He only stands like five foot five or five foot six at best. No, so, he's shorter than that. Okay. Like I said, he's a very little guy. <laughs> not a tall guy at all. So when, when he puts a paramotor on his back, it looks like Dave Wolf's 12-year-old daughter is wearing a fresh breeze. So just for reference, so when Shane says he's running and it looks like his legs are hitting the cage, I just want you to understand the, <laughs> the size of the person is wearing a paramotor. I'm, I'm not busting on the guy's size. I'm not busting on his skill. 
I'm literally just saying, when I walked up to him, I asked him, I said, is your cage hitting the back of your legs when you run? And the person who was trying to get him in the air says, no, it's a seat. We know it's not right. What? So, so why in the hell are you trying to get this guy in the air with equipment that's not adjusted correctly? This wow. is the problem with this sport. This is the problem with this sport. You got somebody who doesn't really... I've watched this person that's trying to get this guy, Nick, in the air. I've watched this person fail launch after fail launch after fail launch. And then <coughs> literally plow the field and end up on all fours. Yep. Because they hit the motor. They hit, they hit the gas too late. They all in the brakes. How can you train somebody or teach somebody to go in the air if you don't know how to fly yourself? Well, you know, the thing is, when you can't do, you teach, so. Well, <laughs> they can't that's, teach either. Yeah. So my Shout concern was, and I'm not busting on anybody. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that right now, live on the air. I'm not busting on anybody. I'm just saying, if you know the equipment is not adjusted right, why do you say it'll be okay and send the guy into the air? I know. We just did a video. I mean, we just did a podcast on somebody's wing that collapsed and they landed in you know a pond you know and almost didn't make it i mean it's very very important i believe that all your equipment is a hundred percent i mean kevin always says make sure that your first wing or your wing that you fly is a new wing never buy a, a used wing unless you know what you're doing and and you understand the dynamics of it you know the wing is what keeps you safe the harness keeps you safe. I, I can't Man. imagine that either. Dude, I'm going to show you, I'll send you guys video of the person who is teaching. Uh, another way to, another way to put it, I grew up. Tommy, you need to connect Tommy, to your Wi-Fi. you're going to have to put it in writing. <laughs> Tommy, connect to your Wi-Fi. Because I will send the group. Cell phone is not I'll send the group video of the person who is training Nick Griffin to fly, and you tell me in the group <laughs> what you guys think of this guy teaching anybody anything, because it literally is. It looks like he's self-taught, and he just started yesterday. Whoa! Oof. That's a loud statement. Oh, dude, I, I place bets with, with I'm people. Not, that are... I'm not saying that your opinion isn't wrong. I'm just saying that's a pretty loud statement. <laughs> I'm, dude, I was like, we're going to go with three failed launches tonight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Well, and, then try, and, and then try to launch two minutes after legal light and have another well, failed launch. I was just, so just going to ask, is, is, <clears throat> is this the guy that launches five minutes after sunset with five gallons of gas in his motor? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so hey. I've seen those guys before. They're going to get ready to go on that really long cross country that they have 15 minutes for. Dude, I can, I, I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not busting on anybody, but I don't think – so I had a guy ask me about 
I shouldn't even say he asked me. I looked over and seen that he had already said that he went to UFO paramotor and didn't know how to fly yet after a month of training. So when I look over and he's kiting his wing and he literally has left and right riser hooked directly to his harness, not twist, you know, not. He's facing the glider, not twisted up in the riser. Correct. Yeah. And I was just like, I was like, hey, listen, dude, I've, I started flying back in November. I don't know nothing, but I do know you're hooked in wrong. Wow. And he's like, what do you mean? And then I spent probably a good hour with this guy. But in the entire time, I was like, listen, I know nothing. Because I don't want you to understand that I know anything. I don't know anything other than you're hooked in wrong. And... You know, the guy bought me an 18 pack of, of, of beer and afterwards and, you know, but never, dude, I could not imagine. I could not imagine going, oh, dude, don't worry about it. You're hooked in wrong. You can take off. It's fine. Your equipment's not correct. So the risers were twisted up. He's, the, the harness was. No, nope. the risers were straight. So he literally grabbed his risers and just hooked them straight as he was looking at the, at the wing. And didn't he literally. Them. He didn't flip them. Uh -huh. So instead of hooking into do a reverse launch, <coughs> he was hooked just directly to it. Wow. And I was, and he's like, this is what I was taught. I was like, from where? <laughs> no, that's what I said. I was like, I don't know where you were taught at, but uh, it ain't right. So, yeah. I know, I know 750 bucks isn't a lot to pay for paramotor school, but they should have at least taught you the basis of how to clip into your wing to start with. Well, if, you didn't get that far, if you didn't get that far after a month of training, I have very low hopes that the success is going to go further than that. I got I'll news probably for you. two dozen people this weekend or at the fly-in to get good training, man. Kids came up to me asking me how to get into the sport and, I say you get what you pay for when it comes to training. Anybody that'll only train you on the weekends, and uh, you know you got to pay. They they'll only train you if you'll buy their gear. I mean, you want to stay, you know, steer clear of that. Brian, all this is people, so. All, hold on, hold on. Go ahead, Brian. How many people this this flying did you meet that went to UFO Paramotor that flew? None. How many people right. did you meet that went to UF Paramotor School? Three did I think of. Oh, I know six total. That were all at that flying and none of them can fly. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I don't want to rip on anybody, man. I, I was just trying to help people, you know, and point them in the right direction. Um, Thing, so was I. So there, was there, I. There, there's some, there's some bad this. instruction out there for sure. I'll tell you, man. I think it that, always uh, makes me it always makes me think of stupid karate kid. Go ahead, Miyagi says, there's no such thing as a bad student. It's just a bad teacher. Yeah, I'm not a teacher, man. I'm still learning how to fly. I had people try to t get me to teach them how to do stuff. I'd help somebody kite a wing or something, but they were asking me questions whether a trike was set up right or not. I didn't know. I'm not the guy to teach you this. I'm not an instructor. Nope. I can point you in the right direction. What's up, y'all? Yeah. Hey, hey. Oh, what's up, buddy? I miss you. I miss you in North Carolina, brother. I missed you. Yeah, I missed you too, man. I'm sorry I couldn't be there. You know, I, I thought I'd say what's up to y'all because you know I I popped in. I seen you know the Zoom thing. See, when you got Zoom open, 
and you're trying to open the room, yeah. that link is worthless because you can copy and paste that link into Zoom for the meeting room. Bum, 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 bum. You got to have the number. So I just typed in just the number that was on that, that link. And then it said, enter the password. I'm like, Pah. you know, so. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, I, right? Yeah, I got no clue, man. I've no, Well, I've never been here. It's the first time on the show. Hey, thanks for having me, y'all. Hey, Sean, you're all welcome. Oh, <laughs> yeah, welcome to the show. Hey, shout out to Ben, too. I got to meet him at the fly-in recently, and uh, I saw that he's on here now, too. Yeah, good meeting you guys this weekend. Yes, yeah, sir, I, man. I've seen you there, I think. I, I met you. I think you ran into me. Or I ran into I you. Did. Yeah. Something like that. Great how many time. Flights you, how many flights yep. you get in? One flight. I flew Saturday. Okay. Morning or afternoon? Afternoon. I waited for the winds to die down. It was pretty. Saturday afternoon, I think I left at 425. I took flight. And, uh, yeah, thank God I went to an SIV course because I would have came back down in a hurry. But after that SIV, I was just like, eh. I had two times I hit some thermals that I was just like, I let off the gas and I'm still going up. I don't understand what's going on. <clears throat> so you turn in a circle. Yeah. I, <laughs> Kevin, I'm, I'm very impressed with what happened um, with myself. <clears throat> I did not panic. I totally just had a little bit of break and just flew before mm -hmm. dude i would have man i'm telling you i would have just stalled that wing and came down as fast as, to get back down on the ground just as, as quick as possible now i'm That's just like just remember in your mind when you get into those thermals slow and lift fast and sink so when you get into a thermal come to minimum sink on the brake pressure and just let yourself go up as soon as you feel the glider start to go into sync, raise your hands and let it fly. It's just that simple. Yeah, I didn't, I wasn't that calm. I was just like, what the <laughs> hell's going on? <laughs> All right, you'll get used never, to it. it. Takes a little time, never, but you'll get used to it. I never, I've never had that experience. And, and Ben will tell you, at, at 425, the winds were freaking, the sun was shining. It was, it was. Actually, I think, is that the day that I ran through the grass um, on takeoff? You had a couple of those, if I remember. No, I only ran into the grass. <laughs> so I literally was facing away from the grass. I lifted the wing, hit throttle, and did a 180 back into the grass. The winds were there were just, Brian, where the wind's not shifty. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that last hour was good, you know, but uh, before that, it was usually just the more experienced pilots. Um, I flew a little it, earlier it than I should have one day, and, and man, I was, I was bumping all around, flying over from between a dirt field and, and woods, and uh, I got out of my comfort zone quite a few times, but, you know, that big old Mojo had me feeling, you know, kind of confident, I guess. Mojo! <laughs> yep. I, uh... I had a blast. We were there from Friday to following Sunday. Uh, it was awesome, brother. It must have been a good time. You didn't even respond to my messages. Until a couple what? days later. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me tell you, man. I, so, so me and my buddy were in our tent, in, in, in the tent, and uh, 
you know, they don't, they don't, a tent does not require or, or hold out any of the noise. So all night long, cars going by, dogs barking. Apparently, they got a rooster that likes to start doing its thing at like 3.30 a.m. I just went to bed at 11. And then, you know, you get going night after night after night after night. We had a fire pit that went from Friday night until Sunday morning. It never, it never stopped. And it was like moss. Every drunk person... Every, I shouldn't say every drunk person. Every person that was drinking ended up in front of this fire pit that was eight feet from my door. And, uh, yeah, dude, I was just like, Noise okay. Noise-canceling headset. Noise-canceling headset. Don't leave uh, home without Sean, Sean, I'm telling you, dude. It, at, after, like, the fifth night, I was just like – and that's where I got the cough. The, the farmer came over, knocked the weeds down – or the hay. I'm sorry. Hay. And then hey. shortly after that – <coughs> I got this cough and I haven't lost it. I'm I'm just okay, I don't know I if it's to, still I hate to tell you this, but you 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 got the cough, sir. You got the cough. Hey, you're gonna keep coughing. You're gonna you're gonna cough so much and it's okay. Because you you you're coughing it out. You gotta you gotta you gotta cough. You 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 got the cough. You you understand me? John, you kinda you, you kinda sound cough. like Trump. Can you say it's terrible? I mean it's perfect. It's 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 <laughs> tremendous. This has done a tremendous job. Many people like Many people have to cough. Many people have to cough. It's okay. You, you got to cough. It's just a cough. No, just cough I got to say, okay. Sean does a much better Fauci than he does a better Trump. <laughs> just say um, one time, everybody needs to wear a mask. Everybody, everybody needs to wear a mask. Everybody. That's it. Mandatory. Mandatory masks. I practice impressions. Sometimes <laughs> I'm kiting my wings. I'm like, you know, doing all kinds of stuff. That's because that's yeah. playing with Robert all the time, Sean. Robert is like, what do you mean, Linda? Robert, yeah, see, Robert is like the ultimate. That's, that's Robert's Linda voice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love my grandbabies. Yeah. <laughs> if if, if y'all are still listening to this on the podcast, leave us a comment and a five star review saying that uh, the uh, that this was awesome. <laughs> wonderful. It's entertaining. Like We're not talking about paramotors, but it's entertaining. It's very but, uh, entertaining. All, so who in this video? All, who in all men were all men are created equal, and uh, you, I mean you know the thing. Hmm. Okay. Walter said Godfather <laughs> on the chat. Oh, no. Godfather, yep. So, so who here has not seen my return to flight video? I, uh oh, I you had it. a video out? I saw it. I was I in the it. area. Oh, no, really. Does that you, count? You, you put a video up? Really? No, man. Uh, every paramotor pilot has a YouTube channel. You know that, brother? <laughs> oh, you got a YouTube channel? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I had you on Facebook. I didn't know you. Had, I'll, I'll go subscribe, oh, yeah. man. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, are you right? No clue. Can't on my videos a long time, brother. Oh, that's right. I got the flag thing. You know, it it, it tells me the the bell. <laughs> I ding the the bell dings. Yeah, that's the bell. That's what it is. Yeah. The, the bell the bell busted me out. You see, you see how YouTube's working. Sean finally was able to uh, accept my uh, friend request on Facebook. 
Yeah, PPG Grandpa is pimp. He's got over five. He got five. Listen, Facebook only gives you 5,000 friends. Somehow he's filled that area up and then he's still sending out requests. I don't know how that how that works, but because I didn't have five thousand at the time. Well, yeah, you but just, then you I just never you just never you just never friended me when I was under five thousand. I'm never on that, <laughs> you know. And, and when I am, I'm just there to get caught up and then to hop off because a lot of a lot of times I get messages out of the blue. How are you? How things been? What's been going on? You know, and it's just like I, I just wanted to check messages for a minute, you know. <laughs> Um, messages seem to go on forever on facebook i, I hear you the more sean, friends you have the worse it is sean i have a question for you yeah which sean uh i'm sorry master there's, there's two <laughs> sean's in here yeah. oh yeah that's right hey nice to meet you sean what's up what's up sean yeah. it's like i'm talking to myself <laughs> it's like i'm looking in the mirror know, right? <laughs> well, see, but you, you gotta make the you gotta make the, the proper observation that one is a sean and one is a sean uh-oh oh. one spelled properly and one spelled improperly that I, is true i, I know i can't help that sean doesn't know how to spell it's okay <laughs> <laughs> hey just for the record, I may be wrong, but I'm going to put it out there and say the Irish spelling is the correct one. That's what I'm thinking. If you're Irish, you know, I am Irish, so I have to spell it the S-E-A-N. I guess really right. good. It's so, Ohio <laughs> Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're speaking Japanese. So, so you're, you're, you're an extraordinarily very well-trained kiter. At what point would you say that you'd be okay or comfortable with training somebody to take flight? Well, for one, I'm not an instructor, so you fully. Know, that's, but you know, um, as far as ground handling is concerned, I, I've got experience with helping people learn how to ground handle their wings. Um, it's something that comes natural to me. It's a little different. I view it differently than most people. Um, would you say that you have more ground handling time on a wing than flying? Absolutely. Yes. God, yes. Hands down. Yeah, absolutely. What, what, what hours would you say that you have on grand, ground handling and hours in the air? What, what, what's the, uh, what's that ratio you think? You know, there, it, it would... <laughs> You know, on, in, in all honesty, um, I come from a kiting background where mm -hmm. I, I did kites. Um, I went from the kiting background and ad adopted it into the ground handling exercises, techniques that I use. And it works exactly the same. However, there is a difference because there are more lines involved. One is meant for lift, another is meant for pull. That is where the difference is. Um, another difference is, is that you're completely connected to it as you know you would be if you were using a traction kite for waterboarding. Um, they have those harnesses where you pull the brake and you know it, it, it breaks the wing and, and things like that um, with a harness. But uh, is I can get somebody to where I could feel comfortable with if they were to go to training, they would be able to ground handle the wing, have no problems with that. Um, 
and after instruction, they'd be able to get up in the air, no problem. As a matter yeah. of fact, I, I'm pretty confident if they spent some time with me and they actually listened to what I was telling them and right. didn't fight it, listened to the glider and did what the glider says it wants when it, you know, you know, it's a sweet spot and it'll tell you. And if you pay close attention to it, you, you know how to read that. You don't have to feel the air. You know what it's doing from the wing itself. Right. Um, I, I think that if a person was to come to me and learn how to ground handle, when they did go to training and show the person that is training them how they ground handle, what they've been doing to practice, uh, say, without a motor and with a motor, and you're, you're not ground handling with the motor on your back. Absolutely not. But you are ground handling and practicing like you would have a motor on your back. That means straighten your back out, sit down, bear shit in the wood stance. That's how you should be. Bent knees. Bend your knees. Do never lock those knees. You lock those knees, you're going to get plucked up. <laughs> and you're going to get drugged for a bit. <laughs> you know, a I very mean, low athletic stance. Yes, yes. You, you want you want to literally be feeling everything that that wing is doing. If it's lightening up, you know you're you're sinking down a little bit. If it's you know pulling a little bit, you're you're lightening up a little bit. You know you it it's like a dance, man. You, there, there there are things that you can do that you can manipulate the wing to go one way. You want it to go one way. It wants to go another. Well, what do you do? You listen to it and then you correct it. You know, it's a feeling thing, man. It's it's a different language. Um, I like to refer to it as guiding more than controlling. You're guiding the wing. Yes, yes, yes. I think a lot of times people have a bad habit of using their brakes unnecessarily to control that wing. Yep. And 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 really, all it takes is just a step to the right, maybe perhaps a lean to the left with your hips. Mm -hmm. You know, it, 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 I, I compare ground handling like dancing with a fat chick. Okay. I'm a little skinny guy. I'm 155 pounds. All right. My glider is a 650 pound whopper Goliath looking like, you know, Hulkamania. You know, if you're, if you're rough with her and you pull her up really hard, she's going to pull you really hard. You know, uh, sometimes in ways that you don't want to be pulled. She don't care who you are. She don't care if you're you, me, anybody. And John, um, that explains a lot. When I seen you fly, when you, I seen you kiting. Yeah. I, I thought I saw you dancing. Well, yeah, actually you did because I do. Um, I do it often. Uh, really. Yeah. I'll have my hands to the sides. I'll, I'll be moving with the beat, you know, clapping my hands and sit down on my ass and roll around. I'll, I'll, I'll play with it. I really will. I thought you were singing Lady in Red. No, I was listening to Funky Fella. <laughs> nice try, man. I don't listen to your music. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. I like big butts on a can. Uh, <laughs> More like well, I'm uh, lawns, man. He's over there going, hey, what's going on? Uh, yeah, I, I actually can sing that. Don't, you know. <laughs> Very easy. By the way, pull up the old classic G note and cinder. I could bust out with the chorus piece, like <laughs> right now with no warm up. With no warm up, 
So yeah. everyone at home, if they don't know, Sean is a world-class linguist and vocalist. He's a musician as well as an amazing kiter. And Let it give me a hit, cheeseburger. <laughs> an easy, Randy. <laughs> so when Sean says he can hit that, no problem with no warm-up. That's what he means. He's an excellent vocalist. Yeah, I guess. No biggie. All right, dog. Wait. Fine, I'll, I'll take I'll take that compliment back. Then Sean sucks. He can't sing. If you want to hear him, I love you too, man. <laughs> man, the love in the air. Now, Shane, explain to some of the people what you did see when you did see it when I was when I was ground handling because I, I personally, to me, it's not a big deal, but it. it it seems like the feedback that I've gotten from a lot of people is they're interested in, in knowing how I do what I do. And I've heard that I make it look effortless. It looks like I'm bored. You know, explain well, to folks that haven't seen, because I, I would shoot video of it, but I, it's just too damn boring to me. You know what I mean? Like, oh, there I am. I'm standing there. The glider's above me. I'm still standing there and the glider's above me and I'm not doing anything. My hands are like scratching my butt and I'm vaping and the glider's still above me, you know? <laughs> well, I think I, I honestly, once you've seen it, you've saw it. Sean is, Sean does literally look like he's dancing. He looks like he's having a really good time and the wing is literally doing what he wants it to do or the wing is getting Sean to do what the wing wants it to do. I don't know. Either which way, they both work out very well. Um, I really, I really would like to sit down and and just have a session with Sean, one on one, no distractions. I think I would, I would truly benefit from that. Um, the guy does. He just sits out there and. He's jamming to whatever the hell he's listening to, Backstreet Boys or New Kids on the Block. I don't know what it is, but it, he makes it look good. It, it's usually Five Finger Death Punch on iHeartRadio, or go. or it's Funky Fella on SoundCloud. It's usually one of those two. If I'm doing one of these numbers and I'm just like jamming to it, then I'm listening to Funky Fella. If I'm like going like this and like, you know, Slamming the glider around, claps in half, and you know, yeah. Then I'm listening to Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> all, all joking aside, Sean makes kiting very look very very easy. He, he, I have gone, I have gone right after Sean, and as he's walked off the field, and the hell if I can keep the wing up like like he does, I'm running back and forth like Forrest Gump, <clears throat> and Sean Sean didn't move more than five or six feet either <sighs> direction. Sounds like we yeah. need to have him on a guest and just talk about kiting. You know, I'd be I'd, I'd be down for that. As a matter of fact, um, I'm I'm work I've been working silently on a few things. Um, Palm Bay kind of opened my eyes up to it, the guys locally, and JP knows, but JP's out like peeing his dog or something. Oh, there you go, JP's here. Um, <laughs> like the local guys here. You know, they, they, they've mentioned that I'm really good at ground handling. And I'm like, you know, thinking in the back of my head, okay, that's cool. You know, they're just teasing me, you know, uh, you know, it's like, Hey, Hey, Timmy, you can run really fast. Show me you can run faster than a car. You know what I mean? Like kind of things, you know, maybe they're <laughs> messing with me a little bit. 
Well, I went to Palm. I went to Palm Bay, and I was pretty much the only one kiting the whole event. <laughs> um, up and down the RVs from field from the launch field to the show field, back to the launch field again, down the walkways, talking to people while I'm holding the glider above me. Do do do, no big deal. Um, I competed in the ground handling challenge. I won that. They, they, I guess they supposedly had trophies, but they didn't end up with the trophies because they didn't get delivered or something. But it was no you big deal, you man. know. I, I got a coffee maker. I bought it off of Rip Man. Who, who? Thanks, Rip Man. <laughs> hey, dude, he, awesome guy, man. Rip Man is is the best. You know, he, he set me up for the for the whole event. I had coffee. I was happy, happy, happy. It was great. Oh. Um. But I've, I've been working silently on a um, project that I'm planning on calling the Calamity Kite Clinic. Wow. And uh, it's like the name implies, you know, you, you, you come out, you spend some time with me, and I, I consider it a lesson, full day. So consider a full day. You better have stuff to drink, stuff to eat. All right. Be prepared to take breaks because you're going to need to. You're going to get wore out. It's going to be calamity when you start. I'm going to say, show me what you got. What's going on? Do your thing. Let me see what you got going. And then I know what to work on because I see where you're strong and where you're weak. And then I can say, here you go. Try this. You know, here, try this. <laughs> here, try this. Now see what happens if you do this and then do this. All right. Now let's make a challenge. You're going to need to. You're going to get wore out. It's going to be Maybe. calamity. I'm gonna say, show me what you got. Hey Walter, you you gotta you gotta mute that there, buddy. It's gonna feed back, loop feed. Um, but basically, I'm considering a full day, one hundred dollars. That pays me for my time, and I give you extra exercises to work on outside of what I taught you, what I worked with you on. There are other exercises that you can do that will help you become more proficient with your wing. How do we get up with you if we want to do something like this? I am working on a Facebook page right now. It's not complete yet. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping to get this, this, this thing done here um, relatively soon. Once the weather is clear enough for me to one, get some footage of, you know, me being able to do what I do even though I think it's incredibly boring as hell, but you know, I, I'll, I'd see what I can do. You know um, I'll post something up and, and then I'll post the page uh, out there. I'll invite everybody that I know that's in the PPG world and then just leave it out there, you know, and if people are interested, I will absolutely take the time to work with them. Um, there are some fields that I am uh, familiar with here locally but uh, I'm hopefully in the future, I'll be able to meet at the halfway point or something like that for, for people that aren't local here to Ohio. Uh, but at the meantime, I'm going to have to keep it as a local thing for Ohio for right now. Um, yeah, keep, keep all that smooth air to yourself because I went to Ohio, flew well, all you, day long. It was the greatest weather you know I've ever flown in. Shane, you've got something to learn about Ohio because what you got was not what Ohio is. And I, I can tell you this, JP can tell you this, but until you experience real Ohio weather, <laughs> yeah, uh, that was a couple days of bliss that never happens <laughs> in Ohio. <laughs> that was the only time it's ever been smooth like that in Ohio, uh, you know? 
<coughs> for the whole it year. Was, it was the greatest. <laughs> I had so many hours dumped on my motor because, well, it was flyable all day, every day. What are you sharing there, JP? The new flat top 200R is now available. Is that your next ride? Yeah, I think I'm going to get one. Nice. You, you can fly through weeds with it. <laughs> oh, I need that after this last fly in. Oh, my gosh, that's crazy. Oh, look, you can even bump your cage. <laughs> was, it, was it built by God? <laughs> it was spawned by God. <laughs> life I don't understand wildlife. what they're trying to prove here. You can, just, well, you can fly through wildlife. You don't have to kick it now. You don't have to kick <laughs> it. Just for the, uh, just for the record, <laughs> it was spawned by paratoys. Just so you all know. Yeah, the um, the the what was it the um, the Walker, right? The uh, yeah, the Walker, the Parajet Walker. Yeah. Well, the Walker Jet, I guess it was. Yeah, Walker Paratoys, the Paratoys Walker Jet. That's where it was. What's this supposed to be showing that it can go through weeds? <laughs> well, that you can be a dumb asshole and then still get away with it. I, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry for all you listeners. <laughs> what did you say exactly? I didn't hear you. What? Actually, it looks, uh, like he's got, it looks like he's got a net on the bottom half. That's no, just that's all the weeds run over. Oh, okay. He does have a net on the bottom half. That's something that most uh, powered parachutes don't have net down there, Walter. But we have our net goes all the way around it, except for right below you. You know, you I try my best not to drag my ass on water or the ground or any kind just of... Just the uh, carpet. Yeah, no, not even the carpet, Shane. I'm, I'm not into hobbies like you're, you got going on there, Shane. What is going on with you, man? You got some freaky things you do. I got no carpet in this house. None. Man. <laughs> you know, the other thing I want to point out is, is how extremely abrasive and resistant to sliding ice is. Ice really doesn't let things slide across it very well either. Yeah. Yeah, I... And this is just silly. If I wanted to go ride through a bunch of bushes, I'd get a dirt bike. Why would you fly your paramotor through a bunch of bushes? That's just stupidity. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, I'm about to go. Peace out, guys. Peace out, Brian. Right. Hey, later. You ain't got nothing to do. <laughs> hey, he had he had to jump out quick. Oh, he ain't did got we nothing to do. That dude spent more time at my campsite than the fire did at my at, at my uh, at my campsite. <laughs> I think we lost Chris too. I forgot to say goodbye to Chris. I'm actually here. still here, but I am going to call it a night. Uh, I've got kids that need my attention. Okay, Chris. Well, we'll see you next week, and we'll talk more about your how to build a paramotor. That's going to be really cool. For sure. Yeah. Uh, all jokes aside, I, I really appreciate you having me on. Um, I, you know, I listen to every single one of your podcasts and. Uh, it's uh, it's been really great. Um, so thanks again. But uh, I'll for why sure you, be on next week. Why do you have to put the jokes aside, Chris? We all likely laugh. Let's yeah. hear a good one. Come on. <laughs> it's uh, there's there's always a thing between between the the, the Marine Corps and in the Army. Um, but you know what? My grandpa was a Marine in World War II, so I respect you guys. Hey, we, we, we all we all fight for the same Uncle Sam. Exactly. We all we all we all know that the military names are acronyms. Army means you ain't ready to be a Marine yet. Marine just means my ass rides in Navy equipment. Yeah, and then well, I don't know what I don't know what the uh 
what, what the, the rules on cussing here, but I was always told eat the apple and, you know, have the core, but. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we tried to make this as clean as possible. So you, you, did, you did good. You, you portrayed what you wanted to say without saying it. That's, that's the way we do it. No, hey, I guess I've. I guess I've been screwing that up all along. Jeez. <laughs> again, thanks again, Sean. I really appreciate it. And it was nice, nice uh, talking to all you guys. Uh, and uh, thanks for having me on. You guys have a no good problem. Tomorrow, Thank make you sure that you go to day. iTunes and listen to yourself on iTunes. I for sure will. So, Walter, what do we have to look forward to tomorrow? Yes, Walter. Hello. How are you? Hello. Yeah. I'm okay. I would have been on earlier, but I've been trying to stop a blood nose. Oh, no, not again. Did she hit you again, Walter? Yeah, I got my med in my... Uh... Darn Sheila hit him again. Oh, so, man. so you just curious because he brought it up. So do you say bloody Kevin, two times? Do you like, I got a bloody, bloody nose? Or, is, or do you have a different acronym for that one? Kevin, what are we uh, looking at? I got at? a bloody nose, yeah. Oh. oh, let me turn my camera on. Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, now I know who I'm talking to, Kevin. No, I was. I, I had my camera flipped around. I don't know if you guys saw it earlier, but I was. I'm over here balancing a prop, and oh, I, switched, okay. I switched the camera around so you could see. But you guys were chatting, so I didn't want to disrupt you. Let me just show you real quick, so that way we get it over with. <clears throat> yeah. No. So anyway, the weather tomorrow is going to be fine, Kevin. <coughs> if you're really worried about it. And uh, so, I so I watched. Uh, I watched a video this morning about the Australian take on COVID. I'm curious because we got an Australian here now. I was yeah. I was watching the newscast. They were saying that the COVID in Australia has been considered a hoax, and that they're making steps to change, make changes, or something to that effect. What? Well, one of our states is uh, really being hit hard, but we blame them for a few things they did wrong. And uh, yeah, they're still in closed down and it's like really holding up Australia, uh, that one state. And uh, it's what we call our football state, and which is good. They haven't been able to play football in their own state. They've had to go to every other state in Australia to play football. And uh, it doesn't advantage their teams. So, the COVID's really affected them. That state is more, um, yeah, controlled, taken so over, should I say. Which, which one would that be? Queensland, Victoria? No, no Victoria, man. Victoria down south, Melbourne. Okay. Yeah. Shane knows Melbourne. I know Melbourne very well. Yeah. <laughs> Melbourne, Australia, though, I'm talking about Shane. Uh, I know nothing about that shit. <laughs> no. Well, at the moment, it is shit, and all the borders are closed, and no one can go there. No one can leave there. And So, uh, so I did yeah. a little geography lesson, and I figured out where Adelaide is. You're, like, oh, in the middle awesome. of nowhere. You're, like, no. two steps away from being in the outback. Yeah, but, you know, we are so far south, it's the best-kept secret in the world. Adelaide's the best place. Adelaide's the best place. Uh, the East Coast, I mean, Australia's, look, all of Australia's great. The, the, the actual cities, 
depends on what you want. You want the sun, <laughs> you want the cold, you want the limelight, you go to Sydney. If you want, yeah, if you want to relax in the nice sun, you come to Adelaide. There you we've go. Beaches, we've got good beaches, good wine, good wine districts, some of the best food in Adelaide, cheeses, whatever. So if you like to indulge in food and wines, come oh. to Adelaide. Food and wine? Just head to Adelaide. Food and wine. Yeah. Well, Walter, what about beer? Hey guys, oh, I gotta I, go deal with family time now. It's been wonderful. We, All right, catch you later, beer. Kevin. Thanks for jumping on. We have real beer over here, Shane. Oh yeah. Not what the kind water of beer? stuff you guys have. You can't even get drunk over there. You come over here, you'll get blind on. One long neck, mate. <laughs> Do you know what a long neck is? It's a big bottle. But hang on, can't see it. Beer. Long tall neck. Bottle. Yeah. Long neck. Yeah, tall bottle. <clears throat> Linda. Yeah. Let's jump on a plane and go meet Walter. Yep. That'd be cool. Like I'm ready. Well, I, I reckon I reckon you should have a go from me to Australia. Well, first, first Shane's got to get rid of his cough. Let Shane get rid of his cough. Yeah, get rid of this cough. He got yeah, with the yeah, cough. Yeah. Then after the cough, then then <laughs> after his cough, he could go to Australia, but only after his cough, though. Oh, yeah. He's a good butter. That's no cigar. That's my nose. <laughs> anyway. JP, what's happening in the middle there? Not much. JP, JP, he's, in he's researching. He's he's researching he? things. Yeah, as I was, I got the researching. Like I'm scoping on. Right yeah, I usually have that look when I'm constipated. Like I really have to do it. <laughs> maybe, maybe I can't. I can't relax. I can't relax. Turtle head is popping out. Turtle's head is popping out. Turtle's head is popping out. I can't relax. You know, got to poop. Very Kevin. Serious. Oh, he yeah, he won't even smile. Like dang man, that's like oh. poker face right there. Maybe he doesn't Perfect. have a speaker on does or something. Know, does he know we're even talking about him? Probably, Probably not. Everyone okay. is looking at JP and he doesn't realize it. I've I've met Sean, JP, Brian, and Sean, yo Sean, so far. The grandpa. So you know. Grandpa. Ohio Sean and Arkansas Sean. Wow. Yeah. It's Arkansas. Oh, there. look at he's back. Oh, you're back. All right. Oh, oh hello. Well, hello. Oh. We've been talking about you this yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. I've been talking about you. might want to rewrite <laughs> this stream and, and, and see what we were saying, because I'm sure it'll make you smile. Actually, do it live while we're watching. Just kind of listen yeah, to just, what we were saying. Just go back and listen to what we were saying. I, I just want to <laughs> see if you smile or if you laugh, because you are like shit. totally... You were totally yeah. mute faced the whole time, and I was yeah, like, I was, work, I was working you. <laughs> I was no, working you hard, man. Oh, man. Yeah. 
I, I had Walter Rowland <laughs> over there. Everyone that's listening to this podcast, you got to let us know. Do you like us talking about things that are other than paramotors and talking about poop? <laughs> just, I'm just going to say, Walter was laughing so hard his nose was bleeding. That's funny. <laughs> no, I showed up. Uh, grandpa, uh, grandpa, it sounds wrong for an older bloke calling you grandpa. Yeah, uh, no, right. PPG grandpa. So, you know, that PPG way you know. Grandpa. All right, yeah. that sounds better. Listen, I was going to say thanks for uh, putting Doug on, man. I've never seen him before and listening to his story. I had heard about it. but uh, Yeah, we had him on um, back in amazing. May. And amazing. when he was recovering, he's. He's yeah. come a long, long way since last time we talked with him in May. And now that he's flying and he's doing the trike thing again, it's, it really is uh, inspirational to, to see Doug, you know, where he is right now. Yeah. And knowing that next year he's going to be doing foot launches again. So it's, it's pretty amazing. I'm working on, I'm working on Tommy Anderson. Going to get him on. You don't work, Linda. Yeah, you don't work. Tommy she, works for, she works with us. Linda, you're retired. Linda, it's time you got into the air. You want to be a, a, a promotional woman? Well, you have to fly. I know. Isn't that right, Sean? Don't you reckon? I, I think eventually she should fly. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I think maybe, maybe it would be a good step for her to ground handle first. I, yes. I think that would be because then she could at least play with it a little bit and see what it's about and yeah, understand that what's going on first. You know what I mean? Like yeah. to just go fly is a big step, but when to, we say to, go fly, we mean go do training and all that stuff. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I want to make sure. Well, but wait, wait, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be clear for the PPG community on PPG things. See exactly. Exactly. And when you know, we say go fly, we're talking about getting proper training and yeah, taking that right. first solo with yeah. uh, with an instructor, exactly. Yes. Oh. Yes. yes, taking a taking a tandem a trial flight first, Sean, uh, Shane. You know what I mean? Like whoever, yeah, Sean, at Shane. Make, at least make sure Ramps. that she's going to enjoy it. Yeah, Linda, uh, have you ever taken have you ever taken a tandem or want to go up on a tandem? Yes, I do want to go on a tandem. You know, when I was watching um, David Wolf, you know, his daughter, his little, his daughter went with him. That's yeah. the video ever. And I was like, she was so damn cute up there. And yeah, I could totally see me trying that. Oh yeah, I could probably yeah. started up at first, you know, kind of like ah. But I think once I got up there, yeah. You know, you should really talk to Robert. I yes. <laughs> See, that was my Robert impersonation. Wasn't that he, good? He <laughs> might know people that know people. I mean, wow. didn't didn't Gorilla just uh, get his tandem uh, uh, trike uh, exemption? Yeah. I don't know. There was a. It seems to be like the whole group of them have you know, like like everybody's kind of doing that thing, which is cool. You know, I I hope they continue with the. Uh, with progressing and, and helping others progress too, you know? Well, like I said, I want to get Tommy Anderson on the show because I've been checking on him 
And I think pretty, I think in another week or so, because he's been, because he needs so much work, because he had his accident, I think in Puerto Rico, the same time as Doug did, right? I don't know if the same day, but right around the same time. Isn't um, Tommy flying again? And uh, Tommy's flying, yeah, he started flying again. So I've been messaging him, checking on him and stuff, and because he, he's, Went back to work. He's got to make up, up a lot of time from when he got hurt. But he does want to come on the show. So I'm excited to get him on there. Hi, Doug. Hey, I heard my name, so we're not checking. Oh. <laughs> uh, I was talking about Tommy Anderson. Because he had his accident around the same time you did. So I yep. mean, I've been keeping up with both of you guys. You know that. So, uh, yeah, I'm trying to... I'm going to get Tommy's schedule. His work schedule is kind of crazy, but he does want to come on the show, you know, come on the show. So I'm really excited. To yeah, it. I know he was doing pretty well, too. So. Yeah. He's up flying, isn't he? He's what? Is he up flying now? Yeah. Good. I think I saw him yeah. last month flying, I think. Yeah. So you, you guys all got to kind of, you know, John, you kind of you know, watch, his, watch his Facebook and everything. We'll kind of watch him too and uh yeah I told it's him, hard to yeah. keep up with so many people i mean th this is a huge community uh-huh oh yeah love watching videos I, I and live streams keeping up with everyone yeah yeah have we seen tommy's accident oh yeah this is doug this is doug martin walter no, 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 I know that, but Tommy's, Tommy's was at the same time, you said. Have we seen that? Tommy was, I think his was, I think his was kind of worse than yours, Doug, because he was on his back. I mean, he was flat on his back. Yeah, he broke his he back. I don't, remember, I don't remember the whole story, but yeah, uh, yeah, he broke his back, and he was out for a while. And he, and he hadn't been flying really a whole lot, a uh, long time, you know, when he had his accident. So he didn't have a whole lot of, as far as I remember, he didn't have a whole lot of training in, you know, when that happened. And uh, so just something, you know, that didn't happen. So yeah. Yeah. He was, he was, yeah, I followed him for quite some time. He was on his back for a month. And, and a whole back straight thing, the whole thing. Yeah, he couldn't do a whole well, I feel this pain, so, you know, yeah. every good thing. It's always better, good to get better, so. Yeah, absolutely. You come a long way, Doug. We, we, we got Wisconsin in the house, Mark Emerson. Oh, really? Chat. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh and and to get to yeah, your, but, your uh, question. He needs to, like, come on the, on the yeah, jump on the Zoom. I'll be I'll be in uh, Wisconsin in October. Just just in case anybody there in uh, in uh, Wisconsin wants to, uh, you know, show me where I can fly at. <clears throat> oh, they will. There's so many to answer your question, Grandpa, about how many hours versus hours of kiting versus flying yes. that I do. I would say probably, you know, Jeff Goen says 10 times, you should kite 10 times more than you fly. Right. I have stepped it up to probably about 60 to 75%. Wow. That's, that's what we thought. I'm, 
I'm talking, uh, there's, I, I, oftentimes when I have a glider up, I mistrack time, how much time has been spent doing it. I, I keep a camel pack on me, so I'm always hydrated. So I always have hydration. I don't forget to get something to drink. I, you know, um, I'll be out there literally all day, uh, sun up to sundown with a glider up in the air, uh, nonstop. <laughs> um, th that's how I've just done it. That's just natural. You know, do you enjoy kiting more than flying? Is that why, or I get, I get the same, I get the same feelings that I do when I fly. I, every Can time I, I get a glider out, it's the exact same feeling. It, it doesn't matter what it is. You, you look more, more comfortable kiting from, from my point of view. I'm not saying it's true or not true. I'm saying body language. You look way more relaxed kiting than you do flying. Yeah. Well, a lot of it is, is my body, my, you know, having a 47 pound motor empty on your back, right. not counting with a full 10, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? You're right. talking no. over a third of my weight. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not busting on you. I'm just saying yeah. my no. perspective, yeah. you look more comfortable kiting than you do flying. Yeah. Yeah. And it's because I am. Um, the, the reason why is because the amount of weight that's on my shoulders. Right. Um, when I'm flying, it's, it's the same feeling as when I'm ground handling. I, I, I look at it as two different things. A lot of guys uh, think of kiting as ground handling. I view it as something completely different. It's two different things. You have kiting, which is playtime. That means you fish hook the brakes. When you're ground handling, it's serious. It means I'm not playing around. That means you have brakes in your hands. You see, that's, that's a mental, I'm in fly mode. I have the brakes in my hands, that's fly mode. That's don't play around. Get it up, get comfortable, get going. You know what I mean? Whereas when it's playtime, fish hooks, make it uncomfortable, play with it, get as uncomfortable as you can. Twist yourself up. You know, sit down on your butt and make it hard. Make it to where the glider will just bear. If the wind's barely blowing and it's just enough to keep it up, keep it up. You know, make yourself a little circle and don't step outside that circle. Keep the glider up, you know, limit yourself. Five steps back, five steps forward is neutral. Five steps forward. That's all you get. Five steps to either side, forward, backward, side to side. And you'd be amazed at how little wind a glider will actually stay up in. Um, you've seen those ground handling challenges that are out there. Um, yeah. I assume you can do all of that. Yeah. Everything from the cobra. Everything, everything but the 360 spin because I don't have an acro glider. An acro glider is generally, uh, it's, it, it's set more to the stall point, usually. The, mm -hmm. the, the, just the way the glider handles is it, it's set a little bit differently, but I've done everything through. Well, I, I actually made it a habit to do everything three times and then test myself by just picking something blind and doing it. Uh, it got to the point where I was doing everything. It, it's such a repetitious pattern that I was making stuff up and adding things to it. Like, um, do it one legged. Wow. Do it blindfolded. What? Yeah. I never even thought about that. 
Yeah. I've hooked up gliders backwards and kited them. No big deal. Do, I've high five gliders. Doing it by, blindfolded, I just can't see doing that. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's, there's Shane with his jokes. I, you know, that's the first joke I've heard you uh, say this entire time. So I'm going to. I'm you tired, on, man. I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot real quick. Uh, tell us a joke. Oh man, I can't tell any clean ones. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's the what's the what's the hardest part about eating a vegetable? Right. The wheelchair. Oh, okay. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna go back to we're gonna go back to Sean and talk paramotors now. <laughs> that'll that'll teach you. I will never ask you again. All right, Sean. <laughs> Continue blindfolded back. Okay, so you so you clipped in backwards and kited. Yeah. Or, or what? Like, I've clipped in backwards where the glider is reverse wow. from what you normally have, like where the A's are facing you, where they're facing away, mm -hmm. and just played with it that way. I've 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 reverse kite all the time. Um, I, it's just gotten to the point where I tried to go out of my way to find rotary. Areas where there's the most rotor, 360 degree rotor, as a matter of fact, where you have trees on one side, a building on the other, a fire station on the other, and houses on the other, and you kite in it, and six mile an hour winds. Um, What's the strongest winds that you have kited in successfully? I will not go out in anything with gusts, and I've found this out many, many times. 16 miles per hour is the absolute highest wind that I can kite in because my gliders want to pick me up off the ground at that point and fly me backwards. Um, I don't suggest anyone ever get a glider out in that high of winds. Um, first is off, 16, if it's... Is that 16 miles an hour constant? or is That's that, a 16 gust. With, with what constant? Um, constant, I can be up to mm, 15. So 15 constant with a gust of 16? You could, yeah, you could say that. Now 15, I am working it. I am burning my legs up, leaning back, bending my knees, but on the floor, trying to keep it down because it does want to lift you even with the, even with the tremors all the way out. Right. And I'm talking an 18 meter little cloud, which is technically a mini wing but it's not a mini wing it's right. just a smaller wing um i would never suggest anybody go out in winds like that um the only reason why i have was because well you, it's important to test oneself to find out where your limits are and i wanted to make sure okay i want to know this number i have to say nope i ain't taking it but if it's 13 14 i can handle that it's not too much for me you know what i mean right um, it's important to know that limit for, for yourself. Um, each glider is different. A bigger glider, obviously. A bigger glider, less wind. I'm yeah, talking, I'm, <clears throat> I'm talking a, a, a normal size wing. I'd say if you're going to kite a 26 meter wing, I would not take it out in any more than I would say 12 miles per hour. That's what I'd say 12. Yeah. And, and the reason why I say that is if the wind's blowing 12 miles per hour, the gusts are probably huffing pretty good. And you probably are going to get plucked here and there if you are in areas like Ohio, because we have the jet stream. How, and about, how about the fastest laminar wind without gust that you would kite in? 
Uh, 15. Okay. Yeah, 15. Yeah, 16 at maximum. Uh, and that's that's me playing with it, kind of, you know, <laughs> walking all the way upwind and then, you know, let it get me up a little bit and pulling the brakes and playing with it, you know. I, so if you're brand new at this and you're listening to this and you think that you're going to go out and try to kite in something that's uh, over 10 miles an hour up to 15, don't do it. Wear a helmet. I suggest wear a helmet <laughs> and get an insurance policy because I'm telling you right now, it's going to hurt. I'm still I'm still trying to recover from uh, SIV. My wrist is still not. Are right. you serious? Oh yeah, no 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 exaggeration, dude. It, I'm it, wrist. I I cannot I cannot put any weight on my wrist. Yeah. Yeah, it it, it is. It can be a scary thing. If if done logically, it's not. And that's really the thing. You know, and that's why the, I say if you're brand new, you want to stay what under t- ten miles an hour, yes. um, laminar wind. Less. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, honestly, I, I, I think a person could get more out of. I'm not going to say fighting the glider, with the winds being very very light, but you want to take your glider out in winds where it will want to pick it up. It doesn't want to overfly you where you feel like you have to walk backwards to keep it up or walk forwards to keep it inflated, but really take those steps and break them down. Instead of taking four steps, take two steps. Screw it. Take one slow step forward, maybe a little bit larger than a foot, say two feet, just do it slow, like a snail. When the wind starts picking up and it starts to lift a little bit, step backwards a little bit let the wing stay up but feel what that feels like so you know you can walk backwards if you have to if you have to walk sideways you know you know what it's feeling like on your sides you see yep what your risers look the same with the motor and without it they do the same things if you pay attention to what those risers are telling you and what that wing's telling you it's exactly the same. The only difference is, is the feel. With a motor on your back, you won't feel it, and the weight. Other than that, it's pretty much the same thing. What kind of kiting harness would you recommend? A free flight harness. The reason okay. is it's not meant for kiting, it's meant for flying. You know, if you accidentally get plucked, do you want to be in a kiting harness? A ground handling harness is not meant for flight. It's going to be uncomfortable, probably cutting off the blood circulation to your legs, making you uncomfortable, your back hurt if you do get plucked. Because they have nice cushions underneath. Yeah. Free flight harnesses have the most cushion underneath. The reason why? It's meant for flight. It's meant for comfort. Now, I'm not talking about the hike-and-fly stuff. The hike-and-fly stuff, that's meant ultralight, very thin, some of it is comfortable, some of it is not. It just depends on, you know, what, what, what you got, what you're, what you're looking to get out of it. Uh, the oxygen one, I think it's a great harness. The reason why, it's padded, it's tough, it's durable. You know, uh, it's meant for flight. You can actually fly with the harness. You know, you could, you could go to a place and try to get your P2. <laughs> You know, and free fly. 
you know, it, it opens another door for you. I'm glad that um, you brought up the hike and fly. Have you ever done that before? I, I actually have a hike and fly harness. Um, I don't consider what I do hike and fly because we don't have mountains here in Ohio. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, well, we do, but just not, not anywhere near where I'm at. Um, there's times where I've went down to the, the local dam and right where they have the big ridge right on the side, just, you know, go out there and kite and ground handle a little bit and say, take a step off and just kind of glide down to the parking lot and then pack it up, you know, or walk back up to the top, do it again, do it all day, you know? Are these are these the uh, the oxygen one like you were talking about? Is that that three ninety nine harness? Um, right, I right believe so. There? I believe so. Yeah, it, it's a cheaper harness. It's not. It it doesn't break the bank. Um, it's comfortable. At, at least for me, it was. Um, they do have different sizes for different sizes individuals. Um, but yeah, I I didn't have any problems kiting or flying with the harness. At all. Uh, well, that that kind of makes sense, you know. If, if um, you know, if, if you're going to be spending a hundred bucks on a harness strictly for kiting, why not throw in a couple more hundred bucks? And now, if you ever plan on free flight, you can do that also, and yeah. they'll save you if you get plucked. Yeah, yeah. You you'll thank yourself later when you do get plucked because eventually you're going to get plucked. Everybody gets plucked. I've been plucked. I've been plucked many times. You know. You I mean, I, I, I've really gotten, you know what, as a matter of fact, here, here we go here. Huh? Let me, let me see what I got here. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll share this here with you guys. This is a, this is a me gets plucked. Okay. This is how I, this, this is how I've learned my lessons. Okay. If you're listening to this, make sure you go to clear prop TV and watch the uh, stream later. And you can see exactly what Sean's talking about. Yes. Okay. Do I have to do a smoothing or whatever? I don't know. I, I can. I, I can should do. I, I should do smoothing here. Hang on a minute. I'm going to redo this because okay. I, I want to make sure I get it right here. Optum. Yes. Okay. There we go. So that way you guys can can see what's going on here. Okay. So I'm out in a place where there's a crap ton of rotor. All right. Now there's a tree line here. There's uh -huh. a church behind the camera. <laughs> in, in front of the camera is all houses here. And on this side is a fire station that's up on a little bit of a ridge. So this is all enclosed, okay? And this is uh, one of those days where the wind was really light. Um, it, it was an odd day. Uh, I, got, I got whacked by a surprise. And, and this will just give you an idea. Now, this was the first time I, that I had been playing around with this glider, trying to see what I could do with it. You know, how much was too much, how much was not enough, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But it, this will show you that it happens to everyone. Okay. So here we are. And, you know, I'm playing with it. Wee -hee -hee, you know, and then lo and behold, oh, wait a minute. Oh, uh, dust devil. Dust devil. Where am, hey, we don't have dust devils in Ohio. Whoa. Yeah. And whoa. <laughs> that looked like that looked like it was a little dust devil without the dust. That is pretty much um what it was. Um I, I would say it would be the equivalent of what a 
I think is deemed a convergence, where you have a channel of air going this way, a channel of air coming this way, and it just, it's, it's picking up. It was pulling me to the side, so much so that I was like, okay, I'm going sideways. I need to get this thing to where I'm killing it and bringing it down because I don't need to get up any higher <laughs> being drunk sideways, figuring out, oh, look, there's power lines. Oh, look, there's a fire station. You know, were you, up in, were you, were you in reverse then? Yeah, the whole time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I do it all the time. Yeah, I so do it. picked you up, you were in reverse. Yeah, I, 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 I do that all the time. I'll come off the ground, be up there for five seconds before I come down on flat ground backwards all the time. I, I ground handle that much. <laughs> um, and, but I kite that much. When I'm doing that, I'm kiting. I'm not ground yeah. handling. I don't have my brakes in my hands. I don't have anything in my hands. I have the fish hooks, you know? So, so for, for the new people out there that are listening, if they get, you know, where, where they need to kill the wing quickly, how would you quickly kill a wing if you don't have your brakes in your hand? C's. Huh? Pull those C's. Pull, pull those C's. C's. Pull the C's. Pull the brakes. You don't have to have the brakes in your hand to pull the brakes. You know, you pull the brake regardless <coughs> where you pull that brake. Try it. Try it sometime. Go outside. Take your glider out there. Don't have your hands in the brakes and pull Sean, the brake. Sean, do you mean C's as in... Um, rear risers. A, yeah, the rear risers. Yeah. Rear risers, yeah. You can actually control the glider from the rear risers at, yeah, just like yeah. if you were using the brake. <laughs> Uh, it is a little bit different. It, yeah, I was going to say the D's, but that's a four-liner. Yes, D's, yes. The C's and D's or just D's, those are considered whatever your brake pulleys are run right to. That yeah. last, that's your safeties. Anytime you get in anything, you start to, you feel like, you know, things are getting, you know, a little, it's pulling you. It's getting to the point where your legs are burning, you're tired. You feel like you're about to get dragged. Pull those C's. Pull those C's and hold them. I mean, grab them as high as you can, pull them down to your hips and hold them there. Yes, that wing is going to flop like a wet noodle. It's going to go all over the freaking place. And you're going to go, oh, I'm going to have fish in line. It's not a problem. Just hang on to those seas. It ain't going nowhere. Yeah. Sure, what sure kind of All right. Speaking of not going anywhere, I'm out of here. I got to get to bed. You know, you know, oh. I want to ask a question. What's that, Walter? You know, you said earlier the guy was um, – practicing and he was just straight hooked in did he not know or was he just no he, had, he thought he, he thought he was doing everything correctly oh wow <laughs> after after a month of training what a month yeah that's quite a while <laughs> no we, we we can talk we can talk off air but let's just say the school that he went to, the guy's complaint. <clears throat> the guy just had an injury, saying that um, something blew up, and it looks exactly like a prop prop strike. But anyways, um, <clears throat> well, we can we can kill the uh, we can kill this podcast real quick, and we can chat for a little bit before everybody has to go. Uh, everybody, thank you very much for joining us here on Clear Prop TV, PPG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast, and welcome uh, 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 everyone. Ben, thank you for jumping. <coughs> Appreciate you, Sean, Doug, everyone. Uh, we're gonna 
kill this uh, live stream, and we will catch you next week here on clearproptv.com. .com. Peace. Okay, live stream is done, and audio is stopped.